and the Chaos Reign. Chaos Reign presents Protocols for Control broadcasts May the 24th, 2020. Enjoy. Solutions hosted by Tyrone Thompson at TalkRealSolutions.com are the views of Tyrone Thompson and do not reflect the views of TalkRealSolutions.com, YouTube, or etc. The content here belongs to TalkRealSolutions and its many contributors. Views and opinions expressed by all contributors belong to them and not TalkRealSolutions.com or Tyrone Thompson, the host, or etc. All data and information provided on the site is for informational purposes only. Talk Real Solutions makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information on this site and will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its display or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. In the world, what is crime, corruption, violence, murder, rape, death, and all forms of atrocities that plague the world in which we live in today? What you're witnessing, we are living in a state of chaos, and it'll take a much extreme or more greater chaos to restore the order in which the world we live in today. Good evening, black people. This is chaos here. And tonight... We're going to look into, and, you know, this is going to be more of a, how I like to call it, a look into what we now see as control and how enough people, especially in the, the black community in general, 
have exceeded and accept their will and control, and they they don't know it, or they do know it. Nonetheless, you know, control is control. But before we start, I'd like everybody to go to TalkRealSolutions.com. On that website, you'll see the latest articles, news, and especially um, current events that's going on, especially here in the soils here in America and potentially abroad. So all that is, and all information is in the website itself. So type in Talk Real Solutions. You'll find the information necessary to find what's going on in current events. Also, on the same website, you will also see a donation tab if you want to donate as well as $5 or more. It will be greatly appreciated to um, Talk Real Solutions. And, you know, it keeps things interesting when, you know, when you donate and keep the lights on here. So appreciate if y'all could donate now. But like I said, the general information is on the website itself and the donation tab. So don't be hesitant and donate to Talk Resolutions today. Um, you will also find this show and many other shows that host on Talk Resolutions seven days a week on YouTube. So if you miss this show or any other show, you can always catch the replay here on the free conference call, or you can go straight directly to YouTube itself to find um, all shows that were lengthy or short. Depending on what you'll find, you can find all of the what is the latest scoop on YouTube as well. So type in Talk Real Solutions on YouTube. You find all the information there as well. So, oh, and also, you could also find this stream and many other streams on Chaos Rain channel as well. So if you're not subscribed to Chaos Rain, don't be hesitant. Hit that notification bell. Make sure you hit the top bell, as always, and subscribe. You know, so when you hit the subscribe button, hit the top bell to all not only my channel, but, you know, this channel as well. Um, as you all know, usually you will not get the notifications when there's a podcast here if you're not really selected with the bell. So I'm just giving this a reminder to those who not only listen to regular podcasts like Spotify, iTunes, and all that stuff, where the information or, like, this video will eventually be on there. But also, if you're on YouTube, you could also find the stream as well. So be always be always diligent to, you know, if you subscribe to any channel, especially Chaos Rain or Talk Resolution, make sure you hit the top bell. This will let you know anytime there is an actual show being conducted. So so I think that's pretty much it. So now to the subject matter. Chaos Rain presents the protocols for control. Now to recap, why does say in regards to control? As y'all know, there's always a conflict in regards to attaining a sense of control. And control has many aspects. Some control might require physical, where they have to beat, maim, or kill someone. 
for the next person to see to instill fear in a more way to get compliance to the couple or to the people that witness of any entity or physical person beaten. Um, these are things that is one method of form of control. The other type of form of control, besides beating and physically harming somebody in front of others, you also have verbal control, where the individual's mind is so fragile, so weak, that it can absorb and accept everything from the words from either another um, male or a woman in the form of manipulation to get this individual to bend to their will. I call that verbal control, or like I say, using the word or the tongue to manipulate and control others. And there's also a form of the other therapies, sexual, using the sex or form of sex to control people. That could be either um, taking someone as young as under 16 years old, innocence, by either physically raping, you know, sodomy them, to get them to even comply sexually, so that way they are latch on like you, like a dog. So that way, if you manipulate them sexually, you could also easily control them as well. Now, that thing I add on is that's another form of control that I see it because it's not always just the physical beating or maiming and killing somebody that is always the tool of warfare today. But control has so been brought out and so well-defined, well-structured, and now redesigned. Now you see that there are ways even as far as the media used to control thought patterns and actions of people. So in regards to that action of what I just said, I'm going to run a clip. And this is lengthy. I might say something and pause in. But nonetheless, this is where the mindset of we find black people are today if they're not careful of the games that's being played today or another form of control that people are under. So listen good. Hold on, guys. Oh, gosh. What just happened? All right. All right. Here you go. Wake that ass up. Early in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Vice President Biden, how are you today? Good. Good to see you. Same here. You know, you know I've been critical of you. Um, I, I have a few things I want to talk to you about. Today. I know you have. Yeah. You don't know me. No, I don't. That's why I want to get to know you today. I want to get to know you today. Um, I want to talk to you about mostly black stuff. But, you know, first of all, how are you? How's your family during this quarantine? Thank God everybody's doing well. How about you and your family? Man, we over here blessed, black, and highly favored, man. Well, I tell you what, the black community is getting killed, though. That is very, very true. That is very true. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of right-wing media outlets. They, they question you. They question your cognitive health. They don't, they don't, think, <laughs> they don't think everything's working upstairs. What, what do you say to that? 
I say I can hardly wait to meet with that guy who is the stable genius. <laughs> There's nothing stable about that guy. <laughs> you know, one, one thing I've been critical about is I feel like you've been like MIA during this global pandemic. You know, it's people like Governor Cuomo here in New York who have become political stars simply because we see and hear from them every day. So I'm just, I'm just like, how, I'm, I'm wondering how you're going to energize people and win a campaign from the House. Well, I tell you what, I'm doing, I'm, I'm following the rules, man. True. Number one, I'm keeping the rules. My governor says he doesn't want us out. I haven't been out. I wear my mask. I have a mask. I got Secret Service outside. I walk outside. I have it on. They get tested. And by the way, I'm beating them across the board. Mm-hmm. Of 160 million people have watched me so far on shows like yours. Okay. All the stuff about it hurting me. It's not hurting me. I'm winning in all those states. I'm ahead in all national polls. And uh, the more he talks, the better off I am. Yeah, we, we know polls, polls can be illusions, though. Like, you know, we, we looked at all the polls in 2016, too, and look what happened. Totally different, man. 2016 is totally different. What you had then is you had somebody who didn't, they didn't know it all. They wanted to just change the system the way it was. He was the biggest change. He had no serious opposition that turned out to materialize. And uh, so it's totally different. Right now we're in a situation where it's like, you know, that Carney show goes through town once and you find out there's no pee under any one of those three shells that get pushed around. Mm-hmm. Next time it comes back, what do you do? Next time it comes back, you ain't playing. You got to figure it out. Okay. And let me tell you something. My community figured it out a while ago. But here's the deal. What I have to do is I have to continue to talk about the things that matter. And the things that matter are, for example, right now there's a study out of Columbia University and the disease control center up there. They pointed out that if he had listened to me and others and acted just one week earlier to deal with this virus, there'd be 36,000 fewer people dead, dead, dead. And you guys are wondering, what are we, what's he doing? Come on, man. Get a life. Get a life. This guy has been incredibly terrible. And what, what we've had is, you know, back in, when, uh, in January, I said, I wrote an article back in, I think, the 27th of January. I said, this pandemic's here. We should act. Every other country that was acted around the time, got, got the notice around the time we did, they have considerably fewer deaths as a percent of the population. I'm the guy that said we ought to take hard records and find out exactly how many people in the black community are getting COVID and are dying from it. And look what's happened. Now everybody's going, oh, surprise, surprise. Look, everybody knows this. We have to come back. We have to fight back. And, you know, the crisis lays laying bare the institutional racism that's still prevalent in our society. And I believe we have to address it by transforming our economy and this time bringing everybody along. And we haven't, look, he started to undermine the pillars of his account before. But look, the blinders, Charlemagne, in my view, have been taken off. Okay. Now people recognize that those essential workers, a disproportionate amount of them are African-Americans. And they're breaking their necks, risking their lives, losing their lives. They're grocery store workers, they're bus drivers, they're delivery people, they're the people who are on the line, they're the, they the health care workers who are in a position where they're taking care of the nurses, I mean, and, and they're making basically the minimum wage. So this time when we come back, we had not only rebuild, move this along, we not only rebuild, but we have to transform this economy. 
We can create millions of new jobs in transportation, energy structure. We can, there's jobs, a, a job is a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about how you're treated. And that's how we built the, from the working class to the middle class. But this time we have to address the institutional racism. We've seen it more clearly now. In a, in a black majority county, they're six times more likely to die in a pandemic than a white county. They're disproportionately uninsured in the African-American community, disproportionately make up the essential jobs that, that, that they can't do at home. They're risking their lives every day. Enough's enough. And this Biden recovery I'm gonna to put together will bring everybody along. I'm gonna build a better, a better future, not back to what we had, but a better, back to something better than we had. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to you. Now, as y'all heard that bull crap, it lets me wonder, saying, wasn't you the same president that helped draft a crime bill to put more of our community more into the jail, to even heavily more what we call with the privatization of prison? And now you coming to run for president to say now you're going to care and get the American people, especially black people, back up and running and all that stuff. That time you spent with Obama, because you were vice president, not even your word or say could try sway the so-called first black president or Malaw president to do something a little different. Now, if y'all know, this is how a lot of them play these games with people. And because they, Joe Biden is I guess a Democrat, which is one the issues, is much deeper. Our people never hold not one of these politicians that say in the big office to a serious accountability and say you're gonna draft up a bill remedy to so called relieve this pandemic in regards that you wrote about this in January. But as anybody asked Joe Biden that the same dis-ease, the same dis-ease, or actually not dis-ease, this virus, which was created in Asia, that the last president helped put funding in regards to trial of the thing they call CRISPR. Now, everybody that know what CRISPR is, look it up. Examine it. This is something that from what I'm hearing. And you know, I take my word for it. If you Google it, find good and you look through these information, which is going to take time out your day, but it's worth it because I feel when we hear about any pandemic or any unknown virus out here, we have to really understand the history of actual viruses. Because if you don't understand how control works, They'll tell you anything, but you're very disillusioned to find the origins or source of, of all things that lead to pandemics or what we call, or what it is, what we, let's keep it, man-made dis-ease. And the funny thing about all this, people don't understand about privatization is a big issue that face, we have faced as a people in this country. Most of every institution right now is privatized. So that means they privatized, that means they could lock you out and control the market where they'll tell you what is suitable fit. 
outside America, they don't have these issues about privatization. But when I came to understand now, and I'm still trying to understand how the system actually works, and it's never going to be a, a one-size-fit-all or something that you could take a jigsaw puzzle and you could finish it within less than two, three minutes. That there are so many loopholes, so many constructive things in or out that you are not aware of, even if you take time day to really research it, which people have time to research, but we are very intellectually lazy, especially when it comes to politics. We don't understand that they'll say one thing, but do something else behind your back. And this thing with viruses, from what I'm hearing, and, and mind you, I did a stream about the history of viruses. And mind you, this virus was named many things. Even now I'm hearing it's been, it came around even more than seven years ago. Some said it, this thing called Corona was around and invented back in 2003. I hear a lot of things nowadays. Now, in regards to is it true or not, I'm not going to hold nobody's feet to the fire to say that they're wrong or right. But to find that something like this has been outbreaking for such a long, long time, and what we hear that it mutated for the last couple months, where even in Asia, where you can't hide what goes on outside of Asia if you don't have the right know-all, there's a lot of things that go around that people, not only America, but globally are unaware of how things are structuring works. How people are being experimented as you speak. How they try to find other new new problems to create so that they can present a solution to you. Even go as far as even certain conversations where they're hoping that they have a vaccine for this. Which I tell you, they already had a cure for this already. But something that you might not like and we're not sure what will do to your body within time. Because the average vaccine most of the Americans take, they don't really really research what's in the vaccine of the typical flu shot or anything like that. So at the end of the day, we have to question and really look into money things and say, does it make sense? Is it logical? As you as a, a man that's saying they're doing, you're doing good in certain states, now you feel that you're more a step closer winning the election, which to be honest with you, this is my thing. I hope you hear me good on this. If you really say track record of all United States constitutional presidents, good or bad or whatever, on the average, they do what we call full terms, which if you are rewarded the presidency, which then is given by the Electoral College, and a lot of people don't understand as long as you have an electoral college, your popular vote does not matter. I heard Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but still the electoral college gave him Donald Trump the presidency. So if you're not really addressing the, the electoral college, you're wasting your time thinking that you're going to get your favorite vote and then you have a certain amount of black people vote for this dude and all that. And then, whoop, behold, he wins the president. No, no, that, that, that's not going to work. There's a, there's a third party into every end of the decision you that's supposed to be made in this country that say who gets the big chair. So let's continue listening on to Mr. Biden about his so-called plan for the people. Say that, um, I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago, um, Sean Combs, you might, you might know him as Diddy. You yeah. Know, 
he, he said what I believe a lot of black voters, including myself, feel, and that's that Democrats take black voters for granted, you know, um, Votes are quid pro quo, right? It's not like I don't want to vote. I just want to know what candidates will do for us in exchange for our votes. The same way young progressive Latinos or yeah. the LGBT community. Absolutely. We want the same thing. Do you feel like black people are owed that from the Democratic Party? Absolutely, Pop. What would I say? Remember when I said Biden can't win the primaries? Yes. I kicked everybody's out. I, excuse me. It I don't won. like that. I need you to say that. You did no, what? No. I won overwhelmingly. I told you when I got to South Carolina. I won every single county. I won a larger share of the black vote than anybody has, including Barack. I increased the vote in Virginia overwhelmingly by 70%. Look, what people don't know about me is I come from a state that's the eighth largest black population in America, the eighth largest. I get 96% of that vote for the last 40 years. It's, they're, they're the folks, as they say it my way, brung me to the dance. That's how I get elected every single time. And everybody's shocked. I get overwhelming support from the black leadership, young and old. Every poll shows me way ahead. And it's not just, I hear this, oh, yeah, old blacks are with Biden, but youngs aren't. Look at the polling data. Polling data, let's say it's off by half. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. This is where I come from. I got involved. I came home from college, and I had a job with a really fancy law firm out of law school. And my city is the only city in America occupied by the National Guard, the military, for 10 months when Dr. King was shot. And I had this fancy job, a kid coming from a, from a lower middle-income household. I quit and became a public defender, and I stayed in that community. I was the only guy when I was in high school. I had a job, a country club kind of job with a, at a swimming pool. I was the only white employee in the East Side because I wanted to work in the projects, because I wanted to understand. That's how I got involved in politics. That's what this is all about for me. It's about equality. It's about dignity. It's about treating people with respect. And so, you know, when you take a look at my record, people talk about the crime bill. Crime bill didn't increase mass incarceration. Other things increase mass incarceration. And the reason why, if you go back and look, and I know you talk about it, you go back and take a look. That's why you had the vast majority of the black caucus at the time supporting the crime bill. Almost every major city black mayor supported the crime bill because blacks were getting killed overwhelmingly as well. And what happened when that crime bill? It had four or five really important things. It had the Violence Against Women Act. It said drug courts, don't send anybody who has a drug problem to jail, send them to rehabilitation, to a drug court. It had in it, they had the... Uh... Hello, let me stop right there. Now, the call number for tonight's show is 712-770-4160, access code 915 pound I repeat, 712 712- 770-4160, access code 915-411-POUND. I want some people to call in. I'm hoping tonight. We'll see how this goes. But last time I checked, when this crime bill was designed, and to my people that had drug fans, I remember most of the people that were uh, so-called African-Americans of this community got, set, got gave, go to rehab after 
offense or whatever. I see a whole bunch of them go to jail for non-offensive crimes, even to the point where if they got caught with a piece of, what they call it, the little crack thing they used to sniff all the day or put in smoking crack, do some serious time. So, I'm not sure where Joe Biden's get at with this because people that clear that were adults back in the 90s or even let's go first, some of them are even teenagers or going to be adults or someone in their 30s know what that crime bill did to the African-American community. And yes, the black caucus was behind us about someone said they didn't want the violence because most of the black caucus, if you think about it, has been compromised already. They're so compromised, they're to the point where they'll look at you as any Negro and won't even give assistance on the average. I remember listening to a conversation that was done by another lawyer, and he's in his mid-40s. I ain't going to say his name right now. I'm hoping that if I get in touch with him, I'll have him on personally to have these discussions. But he said personally, he was going through law school and stuff, that these are the same Negroes that were in the same school as him, and he went to a historically black college saying out his mouth that there was a certain class between Negroes, especially if you were going to a frat fraternity. They very much are assimilists to the point where if you were one of them dudes that, let's say, passed the paperback test, they're going to try to look and be more better than you because they dare try to hope that they're going to please their non-black counterpart. This is a Negro mentality. This is the what we call from Kale Shanti a Willie Lynch syndrome, which he wrote back in the seventies. And mind you, Willie Lynch was not a true, real character. It was written by a black man back in the seventies when he was going for his PhD. How we know? You go back to Chaos Ranch Channel. I have the episode of him. Me and him have the interview back in twenty sixteen. Look it up. So let me continue playing this. Uh, the assault weapons ban, getting rid of assault weapons, getting rid of the round, the number of rounds you could have in a gun. It also had in it a whole range of other things, but that things I didn't like. Clinton wanted to put in a deal where, in fact, three strikes and you're out. I opposed that three strikes and you're out bill. I opposed the position taking that, saying that you're going to have any mandatory sentences. But on balance, the whole bill... What happened was it did, in fact, bring down violent crime in black communities as well. And guess what? The fact is prison population didn't increase. Ninety four percent of every prisoner in jail is in a state prison, not a federal prison, no federal law. And here's the deal. The one thing I opposed in that bill was people wanting to give money to state prisons to build more prisons. I opposed it. But the point was, on balance, everything from the assault women's ban to the violence against women ban to the drug courts, they were important. Wrong. That bill made it possible for them to build more prisons. Y'all guys got to be careful when you hear these dudes talk. They talk with a forked tongue. You create a bill to lock up 
people, and usually when we look at the demographics, is not non, actually non. I'm gonna say it's not black people getting um seriously. Well, he, they are getting locked up, but let's say this: it's not white people getting locked up, and they're the majority of this country in mass numbers through the same little crimes that black people do. They can some right now as we speak. Now because some our people engage in low-level crimes or serious crimes, they're getting now the full book on them. So the question should be asked, and a lot of people that sit there at any Democrat hearing should ask Mr. Biden, are you going to remove this three-strike thing? And not only that, are you going to start deprivatized prison? These are the questions people should be asking Mr. Biden. If he's not articulating going to give you an answer, I would have to think, I would tell most people, you're going to have to really evaluate who the hell you, you're going to be voting. But let's continue on. And now look what we can do. Look, I've been pushing along with my colleagues in a black caucus in the United States Congress. We should change the entire, and I've been doing this for a while, change the entire prison system from one that is punishment to rehabilitation. There's only a couple things everybody has in common in jail. One is they were <clears throat> the victims of abuse of their kids were, or, their, or, their, or, their, or their mother was. Number two, can't read. Number three, they don't have any job skills. They were in a position where they didn't get a chance. Why does it make sense? Why did I come along and write the first act that said when you get out of prison, you don't just get a notion where you get 25 bucks and a bus ticket. You end up under the bridge. You end up under the bridge and just do the same place. So every single solitary person being released from prison should have access to every single government program. Why does it not make sense to have African-Americans who are getting out of prison <coughs> serve their time, everybody for that matter, be able to have public housing? Why does it make sense that they can have Pell Grants to go to school? Why does it make sense they can have access to health care? What are we, nuts? I, that's I what we keep doing. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's uh, that's our time there. No, no, I, I I'm sorry. I know Jill has to use this, but I, I want I've talked too much. I apologize. No, let me. I got I got to ask you though. You know why so much resistance on admitting the crime bill and and other legislation you are a part of was damaging to the black community? Because we had Hillary on a few years ago, and Miss Clinton said that the crime bill made we made a lot of mistakes with that and she wanted to atone for that by becoming the next president like she was wrong what happened was it wasn't the crime bill it was the drug legislation it was the, the institution of mandatory minimums which i oppose mandatory i, thought, I oppose I thought, the you, I, thought you, I thought you create i thought you uh, was a part of that in 84 as well the comprehensive crime control act that established mandatory minimum sentences for drug offenses no no what happened was you're, what you're confusing is what what happened was the Black Caucus came to me and said, look, one of the, well, I did this study when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. We looked at every district of the, <coughs> of the 10 court districts in America, federal court districts, and we found out that if you got arrested for robbery and convicted, and I got arrested for robbery and convicted, it was the first time, you went to jail an average of 13 years, I went to jail an average of three years. So there was this whole move, same time for the same crime. So no one based on their color could go to jail longer than anybody else for the same crime. So what happened was there was a judicial selection committee setting up 
that how you deal with making sure that the sentencing process is taken out of the hands of a prosecutor saying, I'm going to want 12 years, 13 years for you, and three years for me. The end result of that was the unintended consequence, which we changed, Barack and I did, was the fact that you, in fact, all of a sudden, you could not lower my sentence or your sentence be uh, lower than what was the average sentence for everybody else going to jail in the districts. That's how that came about. It didn't say mandatory. We said to the judges, you can't send people to jail for the same crime different times. They have to be within a, 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 a framework. That's why that has been changed. And while I was vice president, I helped Barack, we reduced the prison population in Frederick by 38,000 people. 38,000 people. And the only, the only mandatory was in there was carjacking, which I opposed, and three strikes and you're out, which is ridiculous. It only was imposed three times. But still, even once makes no sense. The idea of three ties, three strikes and you're out. Give me a break. And the other thing we have to do, one of the things that, you know, I was a public defender. I'm going to insist when I'm president that a public defender gets, a federal public defender gets paid the same amount of money as a federal prosecutor gets paid. So you have representation. People have representation. But the bottom line is, the other piece is, I'm going to try to change, and I've laid it out. I'll send you a copy of my plan so you have it. To Lift see every it. voice? Pardon me? What, deliver every voice or what? No, the one that I, the plan I have is my manifesto for black America. And, a, and particularly the portion of it that relates to how, in fact, we're going to deal with the prison system. If you are in prison, if you are convicted of a crime, no one should be going to jail for a drug crime, period. Nobody. Nobody. So, so no matter what the crime, particularly marijuana, which makes no sense for people to go to jail. They should be just wiped out completely. And the reason is that, what, if anything, for those crimes that are actually continue to be crimes, scheduled crimes, as marijuana shouldn't be anymore, what is happening is you shouldn't go to prison. You should go to a, a mandatory rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. It costs less to put people in a drug rehabilitation program than it does in jail. And you have a chance. We've got to give people a chance. You know, Vice President Biden, I've read some of your black agenda, and you say that you would decriminalize marijuana. What's the difference between legalizing it and decriminalizing it? Because they're trying to find out whether or not there is any impact on the use of marijuana, not in leading you to other drugs, but what it affects, does it affect long-term development of the brain? And we should wait till the studies are done. I think science matters. I think we got decades. I think we got decades and decades of studies from actual weed smokers, though. Yeah, I do. I know a lot of weed smokers. <laughs> I want to ask you about your your, your running mate. Um, I don't know if you saw. Well, I saw the day that a news report broke that uh, Amy Klobuchar was being vetted, and a lot of people on social media they're not too happy about that. And um, it's because they want your running mate to be a black woman. I don't know if you saw the op-ed in the Washington Post by some of the leading black women voices in this country. And they feel since black women are such a loyal voting block and black people saved your political life in the primaries this year. They have things they want from you. And one of them is a black woman running mate. What, what do you say to them? What I say to them is that I'm not acknowledging anybody who is being considered, but I guarantee you 
there are multiple black women being considered. Multiple. Well, you know, Thanks so the, much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to black media. You I got to do that to white media and black media because my wife yeah. has to go on at 6 o'clock. Okay. Oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with it. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. Tell it. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The world, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, thanks. I will come back. All right. I look please. forward to seeing you in person. Okay, absolutely. Okay, pal. Thanks a lot. I thank appreciate you. it, Charlemagne. <sighs> there you have it. There you have it. As you know, he said, if you don't support him, then you ain't black. If you don't support him, you ain't black. If you don't support him, you ain't black. If you don't support him, you ain't black. Mm. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. What's that telling y'all, people? They look at black people as they are dust. You're stupid. You're an idiot. Is this is what this country views y'all now? That you're an idiot, you're dunce, because you will not vote for him. And not just only that, but because he is what we call front lines of Democrat, that you're not voting him. That's the one thing he said to conclude all this. You don't vote for him, you're not black. You're not black. It reminds me of a snare of another Democrat that was running for office roughly almost four years ago, where all she said that she got some hot sauce on her um fat pocket. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Y'all calling and tell me. I could be wrong. I don't know. But it seemed to me that when we talk about control, are you really in control of your lives, people? My people? Because, like I said, the three categories. One is physical, main, main and beaten, killed is a form of control. Others, verbal. And third, sexual. And the verbally 
he's not really verbally abusive like that, but he's just telling you to incite a sense of neurological fear to you. If you do not choose me, then you are not really black. And last time I checked, up the history of this soil. And most average black person will know this. Being black is not a title of endearment. It's not looked at as be positive and good and something that's the best thing. It's looked down upon, looked as evil. All of the negative things that stereotypes this word we call black. He's telling you, you're not going to be black if you don't vote him in to be your new president. Matter of fact, this is what I'm talking about. Let me check how many likes and dislikes that video got. One second, people. I got to look this up myself. All right. Oh, 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 my goodness. Yeah, I'm not gonna believe what I'm seeing. <laughs> uh, well, at least he's not worse than Kamala. Kamala have more dislikes than likes. Joe Biden's probably second to all this. The whole entire video got 9.7k likes, and it has roughly 14k. Dislikes. What's that tell you? Now, mind you, it doesn't surprise me, to be fair, who saw this and agree with Mr. Joe Biden and his statements in regards to making, um, he's going to do this for black people in regards to the crime bill, the prison industrial complex. It doesn't surprise me at all. But the biggest issue, like I said before, He's doing the same thing that another so-called, you know, person that was running for office in the same Democrat, you know, side, the same. But they, like I said before, they take a good portion of the black population here in America to be idiots, stupid, dunce, or you want all forms of that's derogatory negative. And then he froze up and it said, if you don't vote for him, he, you're not black. So it seemed to me that with all the people that are, you know, the Democrats and Republicans, the Democrats already got the black vote and they feel no difference going to be changing anytime soon. And unfortunately, you know, he, the only people that's going to probably vote for Biden at this point, if he goes as far as close to the presidency, I might see mostly women vote, maybe black women possibly. I don't see the men voting this dude because they already know what attacks these competing group men have done to black men. Because let's face it, most black men on average, we allow this sense of abuse for other groups of men and we're not doing nothing at all to push back against it. And it's sad for me to say that, but it is what it is right now until we do something different otherwise. So, like I said before, 
this form of control, the verbal side, is well used today, and it's still being used today as we speak, with the help of, you know, social media and images, what we call television, help push narrative to sway you into directions that you're not aware of or not really critical thinking or question why. So, you know, that's the verbal side of control they use against you. Um, before I continue, the call number for tonight's show again is 712-770-4160. Access code 915-411-POUND. I repeat, 712-770-4160. Access code 915-411-POUND. Tonight's subject, Chaos Ray presents the protocols for control. So now, knowing this, and let's look at this board. Let me check the board before I continue. I know I was going to raise a hand. I take it people didn't really catch this Joe Biden nonsense. But what else is new? Okay. Sexual abuse. Actually, I'm going to leave that last. Physical abuse or physical control, whereas mean main, beat, kill. It's another psychological warfare in regards to controlling and putting fear to masses of people. There was a stream done by one of my good friends. And it shows about, um, let me find the name. Let me find the name of it. One second. And I'm not going to play it because it's, it's too much right now. It's playing that. I'm trying to find it, guys. Be patient. Uh, where is it? I'm trying to remember the name of the person. Oh, Daquan Jones, beaten in Iowa by two European men, or what they want to call the white supremacists. Um, I guess this was a case that was been done, and I think they they reached a verdict where they give I guess the man and some other dude time in jail. I forgot how much time they gotten, but this black man got beaten by two non-black males, European men, and these men went on an onslaught towards this dude. Beat almost close to his death, and he has, I guess, miraculously escaped the little beating he gotten by these same white supremacists. And one thing out of the outcome, the only thing he gotten was serious bruises, broken, fractured face, all that, and did not make an attempt to defend himself to the point where, you know, he could have been killed that day in Iowa by these two white supremacists, European men. 
And one of the few things me mentioned this, it's like many cases on the average where, you know, non-black men will sit there, seek and hunt and attack whether black men that are younger or a little older or what they want to call soft targets to instill fear to the already masses of the deaf, dumb, blind black people here in this soil. Because as y'all know, through the punishment, through enslavement, one of the few things you set a fear or presence to a population of people that you want to keep in control is to main beat and kill. Beating, I mean, they will take either physical punishment where they beat you to sense you to almost to sense of your life, or even worse, whip you to sense of your life. And it sends that fear to not only that woman, but also to the children and some of the men around. Because fear is a very excellent tool for a form of control. Because if I make it so hard where you fear me to to point where you won't look at me or do anything in regards to even saving your own life or preserving your own life, I have won the battle of the mind. Because fear is a very useful tool in the form of controlling people. They have studied this for centuries. They have perfected so much now. It is now passed down genetically now. Now, some men today won't omit this. I don't blame them. But you have to understand the psychological damage you go through as a man. When you allow either your own group of men within your own communities or someone that's outside of community that is non-black come into your face and beat the living crap out of you. And from Dequan Jones, his own father didn't even make an attempt to defend his own son's life. In regards after, and mind, she wasn't there witnessing, but he did not do anything to really defend honor or even his son. And I think his son was like a full-fledged adult. But it goes back to again that well, a lot of black men, either if they're very skilled or not, the very sense notion to fight back, to even protect or preserve their own life, is non-existent. It is forbidden in the psyche or the mentality of the Negro today. And one of the few things that goes into the mind of the Negro mind is because he feels he might lose his life. But forgets again, but does not know that you already lost your life already, once you do not do nothing at all. Unfortunately. Because if you look at many stories, many articles and news articles when they talk about when black people get killed by non-black people, other, other ethnic groups, it is something that most black people will sit there always question, what did he did to get that? What he deserved to get? And instead of saying, well, that's not wrong. There should be justice. Somebody should seek justice. These are conversations that's not talked about amongst the community. Where's around black? Where's a lot of black people around? Because that sense of fear is in them genetically, beyond psychologically. So, in regards to the, um, Dequan Jones, he has gotten somewhat justice, but then again, as he looked over even the people in the family, his father. Or even himself, he has failed himself because he could have done 
something and say let somebody come out of nowhere and just beat the living crap out of him and because he's black call him all racial degrading words like negro nigga and all this stuff while he's taking his sis and pounding your face in i tell you black man there's no weary for the weak at all in the jungle if you were left to your own device and amongst the wild today, you would not fend for yourself. Matter of fact, you would lose much easier now if you were left without any uh, environment that will nurture and comfort you for you to nest as a man. Hell, some men today, even having this, this conversation, if you want to keep 100, don't even know what it does or what it takes to impose an actual environment. And I'm not talking about industrial environment. I'm talking about just the environment in totality. They don't know how to do that at all, at all. And that's the problem. That's a big problem for the average black man in the 21st century to know what he has to do or what he should be doing. Now, the only remedy and precautions any man moving forward could do is you're going to have to defend yourself or defend your own life at all costs, at least. Now, if the man put up a fight and still lost, okay. But through the little video that was shown of him getting his ass beaten by these two caucasoids, it shows and paints a different narrative and says otherwise that he did not, not only he didn't defend himself, but he was crying and calling for his Goddamn mother. Now, black woman, I'm going to talk to you for a second. If you're not putting your son into self-defense class, which you do have the money, and don't tell me y'all don't have the money. Don't be cheap. You're going to have to invest in your sons, not only in their minds, but their own bodies. And I'm talking beyond sports. Because sports does not pay no bills. Sports doesn't put food on your table. Sports even go as far as doesn't nurture you where you know you're ready to get screwed in the bedroom. You teach your son just to only focus on sports and then hope that he might become a, a major athlete that might be drafted and get paid millions of bucks. You are dreaming. I'll go in further. Do you know the percentage of the average black male that makes it in these type of arenas of sports? Do you? Do you? No, you don't. But every time I find that most of them invest their time and money to their sons is usually in the sports side. They don't really invest in actual training how to protect themselves, like taekwondo, martial arts, kickboxing. Even go as far as boxing itself. These type of skills sentence your son to be well disciplined and to exude his up and coming testosterone and masculine energy as a boy. So he could easily know how to use his energy and center it properly. Especially if you raise him by yourself or you and your mate are still together. These are things that every boy now, and I'm being dead serious, need to be in. And they're not in Rome now. 
So after you hear this, for all you ladies that will go back to playback, Chaos is telling you personally, enroll your son into some form of physical um, class to learn how to defend himself. It's very pitiful for me as a man to find that another man is calm for his mother as another man beats the crap out of him. It is very pathetic. Matter of fact, just that alone, I'm be dead honest. I'll be dead honest. I'll be dead honest. Some of these men don't even deserve to get any sex. They don't deserve no sweet pussy at this. To find out that you get your ass by not just only other non-black men, but men is me. And all you have to show for it is to call crap mommy as another man beats the fuck out of you. And it hurts me to say that to the man. It really hurts me to say that. Even you as a, as a man, that if you are that man that had this experience and this happened to you, you need a serious soul search, searching. You need some serious reflection. If getting your ass what has not teach you anything, it will teach you that you really ha- are not in no way, shape, or form at any stage of what we call actionhood. And it hurts me to say this, to be fair, because I'm a black man. And I don't want to see a black man get hurt or potentially killed. But to find that you have not put up a decent resistance in regards to opposition or any form of oppression, it qu- I question it now. I question it. Now, as you get to adult age, over 18 years old, yeah, you are responsible to really handle that. Yeah. But it makes me want to say there are over 50 or more million black people here in this country. Less than half of them is men. And a lot of the boys that become men are very ill-prepared just for that alone. So it's hard for me to tell most men that uh, you, you, life's not good, you're going to have to figure out. To be fair and honest, I mean, your parents fail you. Your father failed you, especially if he was there to play part and role in your life, and your mother failed you. Because there's something that you should not be going outside this world, and then this thing happens to you, and you have not even fought for your own life. Now, I understand if the man had, if these dudes had guns, that might be having, this would be a different conversation. And, you know, even with guns in the play of this argument, you know, most black people should be armed and protect themselves in all forms, weapon and fist-fist combat. There's no excuse. If they're going to take your life, make, it, make them work for it, at least. But really, should when you resort to where you have to call your own mother while another man is beating the hell out of you, your manhood is it's gone. Matt, but the only way you go defend and get back your manhood, you're going to have to take revenge as a man if that ever happened to you on average. I'm sorry. I mean, that, that's how this thing works, you know. If you transition to the, um, and leave this earth and you, trans, you die, you think you're going to be rewarded to see other ancestors and know that you, you, you went out like a little female or a little bitch? Come on. 
No. There's no really there's no real reward for the weak at the end of the day. And that's all I'm gonna say on that. So in regards to the main kill, that is the physical authentication of control of people. You physically maim or kill them. That's not a way of control. And now for the last and final piece, I will say, and then, you know, I will open the lines for those listening. If not, you know, it is what it is. The sex. Now the sex. How can I say this? Rape is a very much useful tool in forms of control of people as well. Usually this rape works as well against women, but it works even much more better on the boys. And why I say that? If y'all know there's a study and there's a percentage and data right now, which I can't pull up right now, but you know, the information is said is out here that enough girls and boys on the average ratio get raped in this community. And with rape, it creates a desire and taste within that child's fragile mind, a desire to want more and be more advocate to be penetrated by either another man or be somewhat, and I say somewhat, because women don't do penetrate, but women take advantage and want to be penetrated by them. Or you mean, or none of us um, finger or, you know, rape with hands and toys by other young girls. Either or, it is another form of sexual advantage, taking advantage, rape, abuse, that messes with the mentality of that young child. Because children or teenagers can't conceptualize what has happened to them when someone takes their innocence. And one of the most wicked things they do doing this is they instill fear after they engage and sodomite you. They will tell you, do not tell nobody. Because if you tell someone, now you are this. You'll be put into this box category. You'll be put into the homosexual category. Or even worse, you will, you'll be put in a way where now you're damaged. Because I took in the one precious thing that you hold sacred as an adolescent, and that is your virtue, your innocence, your private parts, which, you know, sex is a very deadly tool. Sex, even during our inception with interaction with other race of people, has been used as a tool of heavily controlling the minds and actions of people. If y'all know the scenario of enslavement from the movies like Goodbye Uncle Tom to I think the Buck and Roots, I believe. Either the old version of Roots by Alice Haley or the new version that came out a couple years ago. They show the psychological imprint they did 
on African people, black people. And doing this, it only furthers their absolute control over your actions and behaviors as boys and girls. Rape, sexual abuse, same thing, is that tool. There's also there's cases of stories of, and I listen to this podcast and other media outlets of men, some as old as 25 to over 30 or almost 40 years old. They they sit there and display and confess their psychological problems to other men of what they went through. And I understand why most men keep it a secret for years on years and never reveal it or tell it or confess because they know that as a boy becoming a man to display affection or a sense of cry or hurt is deemed weak amongst our community. Now, in regards to women, women always keep it a secret because it, it bothers them and damages them psychologically. But how much damage it does to a boy when he's been sexually abused, either by another boy, grown man, or a young girl or grown woman? Because we got to think about it. This comes from somewhere. As a we think this is cool. If y'all remember... And this is going to be a little off topic a little bit. There was an article of a mother in Ohio, some part of Ohio. She hosts a 14th birthday party for her 14-year-old son. In rewards of her son, she paid for and have older women strip for a 14-year-old boy. Some of these women are even over range of age of mid-20s to, hell, even close to 30 years old. Grown fucking women. A wine and shake and exposing their prior parts to a young boy who has not reached the age of understanding what he's seeing or what's going on. And mind you, in our community, on the average, on the average, I'm keeping 100 with y'all. It seems as when we look at and we hear stories at from women and other men, it is a sense of reward and a applaud where people clap and applaud and are happy to see something like this when it comes to the males within this black community. And I find a problem to that. And the reason why I say I have a problem with that is because now we are sexually exploiting our youth and promoting said, it's okay if you at a certain age, maybe it's better you lose it now than than later. And mind you, most of these boys have not put no work in themselves have not I mean, understand in life to really go through that experience at a very young age 
in this society is very dangerous to a population that's already messed up mentally and spiritually. Now, I'm not sure this woman, the mother, is doing time in jail or any consequences that she's facing right now or any form of consequence of little if she's going to face. The point is this, that it's out here and the community has no problem with it. And I'll go a step further. Little Boise did the IG Live. And you know what? Should I play? Uh, nah, suit. I'm not going to bother. But I might just let you. I, I, I'll figure out. But I'll tell you the backstory of it. He appeared telling all his listeners, 70K or more or greater, that was watching, that he has his own son get his dick sucked by another grown woman under the age of 10 years old. He advocates and teach him how to have sex, eat the pussy, screw the pussy, do all that. Even go as far as he teaches how to wear a condom. Hey, say sex or no sex. And his psychological, no good, dirty, dusty ass. And we all know Lil Boyce is homophobe, which he's rightfully so because there's a lot of homosexuality in our community, but, you know, it is what it is. But to sit there advocate and teaching your nephews, your own sons, and some of your cousins to get right at a very young age is also problematic. And mind you, enough of the community had enough of uproar towards Lil Boosie. But obviously, you know, he's going to get more uproar uproar because he's a celebrity and most a majority of the population look and view themselves as celebrities in their eyes. They want to be those type of celebrities to have the money, the fame, and all that stuff. That's why a lot of people consume so much media, not just the women, but also the men. And I, I see you calling I see y'all on the, on the chat. Please call in. Um, so, Lou Boozy admit that, that he had his son get sex during his birthday party, but he'd been having sex way before he was, well, I'm not sure, 12, 13, 14 years old. I'm not sure how old his son now. He'd been having sex a long time, and he just admitted it through open airways. Now, mind you, this is a dumb, stupid-ass nigga at the end of the day. Because one of the few things, the mind of the nigga that doesn't think like him or any other nigga that operates like him, no say that, you know, they use these same platforms to analyze, monitor, surveillance, and can use against you if it's time to put you under the, the cell. But like I said, the community doesn't really care about about the sexual protection or the protection of the boys and girls in this community when it comes to sexual exploitation. What do you expect? He's operating like 
a typical nigger. Sorry. That's why a lot of black men, black women, had no problem with the the woman that paid for strippers for her 14-year-old son's birthday, and they damn sure didn't give a fuck about the boy and his comments. Now, mind you, they said he got flack throughout the IG comment section. I don't know. But the point is, is our community doesn't really care about the sexual protection and DC and the protection of the minds and bodies of black boys and black girls. And like I said before, rape is another form of control. You rape a person long enough, enough times, they eventually get a desire, liking, and taste for more, and eventually you got them like this under your wing. Y'all know how this thing goes. Because to create a desire, I had to impose my will to you. Whether it's physically or non-physically. And to be honest, to be really honest with y'all, in my mind, I don't, I don't think our people care enough about what happens to our children in regards if they've been touched or not. I've been hearing about stories about them always want to know if their children been touched, but they don't really care because they're really, if we really honest our community, we won't have so much pedophiles or any form of rapists, whether it's from other boys or men or women in this community. Especially when it comes to our boys. If a boy gets sexed by an older black woman or older young girl or whatever, it's okay. It's okay. Well, let's say the shoes are on the other toe. It becomes a problem. You can't have one without the other. You have to make a decision. It's all bad, so you have to protect both the boys and girls at all costs. Because what's the point? What really is the point? of it all. And you know they're going to be taking the veg anyway. I just don't get it, to be honest with you, at the end of the day. I just don't get it at all. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, that's the third and final form of control, and that is sexual control, where they, you know, rape or abuse is that form of control to control people's actions and thoughts or mind. So I think I said enough for my piece and my dissertation to this. Now I'm going to check, get the call number, and hear from y'all, hopefully. If not, I will call it a day. The number for calling number for tonight's show is 712-770-4160. Access code 915-411-POUND. I repeat, 712-770-4160. Four one six zero. The access code is nine one five four one one pound. Tonight's subject: Chaos Rain presents the protocols of control. And now let me refresh and check. Anybody's gonna raise their hand? Hold on, my thing just backed up.
As I wait, let me um, I'm gonna go in the chat room see if anybody saying something. Let's look. All right. Look like everybody is just chatting. Not much right now. I see MJ and ABC. And it looked like nobody is raising their hand right now. So I guess I'll probably call this a day, unfortunately, because I said my piece. And for those that missed early parts of this show, I did talk about the Joe Biden on The Breakfast Club, where he uses what we call verbal control. Um, also, there's what we call um, physical, main, kill type of control, physical control. In regards to the issue with Daquan Cook and the sexual part, or like called sexual abuse, it's another form of control. And these are my little three, three um, points in regards actual control, or I like to call the protocols of control that keep control of a population of people, whether they desire or undesire, or just control altogether in general for their own scheme and plots of how they want the world to function, operate as we see fit. Um, oh, matter of fact, I want Tyrone is there. Um, Tyrone, you there? Uh, okay. Matter of fact, let me hear from Tyrone. Because I did talk about this earlier, but let me see if he can give my give his own perspective of all the. All right, as we wait. Right, let me see what's going on. What's up, Gary? Hey, what's the good, Tyrone? Um, let me ask a question. Did you catch the Breakfast Club 18-minute um, interview with Joe Biden? I didn't listen to the entire thing. I only heard bits and pieces of it. From what's your take about his plan of so-called action, which I don't think he really clarified what he really is going to do if he gets rewarded the presidency? Well, with, you, with them what? stopping by... With them, with them stopping by places like the Breakfast Club, um, just like Hillary Clinton did, and we talked about this earlier last year when she was talking about she got hot sauce in her bag. You mean four um, years ago? Yeah. I mean, to me, it was the same thing with Joe Biden when he stopped by the mm-hmm. Breakfast Club. He's trying to pander 
to the black community and show black people that, you know, he's down, uh, you know, mm -hmm. he's the best candidate or whatever. But to me, it's offensive uh, when these politicians do that because they act like they dumb down the conversation. Um, if you listen to the conversation with Charlemagne the God, you were hearing how he was interacting with Charlemagne when he was saying, yo, man, and man this, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and whenever he's on any other platform, he don't have that type of uh, rhetoric. You know, he's speaking professionally. He's saying, yes, sir, or calling them by their names or whatever. But yeah, whenever he came to Charlemagne's platform, he's, hey, man, and all this kind of stuff. And if you ain't, if if you if you mm -hmm. don't vote for me, then you ain't black and all of that. And I, I just think that as a community, we need to pay attention to that. Um, and unfortunately, there's somebody in the White House now that is, uh, in my opinion, a lot worse than Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, and, mm -hmm. and because we don't have any political power. Um, because we haven't organized enough in the past to to hold positions like that, um, they they count on our vote, but our vote don't mean nothing once we cast it, because there is no policies put forth to better our conditions in this in, in this country. So I don't know. I, I've always said Joe Biden Joe, Joe Biden was a racist uh, with his crime bill. And his whole antics, when President Obama was running for the White House, you know, he said some things that was edgy about President Obama. He said that you're very articulate for a black man. That's what he said to Obama. And it shocked me when President Obama chose him for his running mate. So it's one of these things, man, to, to, to mm -hmm. people that look at our community as unintelligent. They have yes. to talk down to us. They have to dumb the conversation down. Um, and just like I told you earlier, when the attorney general was briefing about the coronavirus, he got on stage and he was talking to black people and he was saying, you know, you got to look out for big mama. And he was talking to us like kids um, from the podium mm -hmm. at the White House. And that's just the way wow. that they look at us in this country. You know, um, as far as people participating in the um, election, I'm not speaking against that whatsoever. So I, I still recommend you go out and vote um, mm -hmm. because one thing is true. You're still an American citizen. So whatever politics wind up at the end is going to affect you. Just like Donald mm -hmm. Trump being in Washington right now is affecting you because he's supporting white supremacy. He's not calling out the KKK. He's not talking about how these police shootings that is killing black people. And so whatever politician mm -hmm. you elect, it's still going to affect you personally. So I know it's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's, it's almost like choosing the lesser of two evils uh, when it comes to participating in politics. Um, but that's, that's mm -hmm. my opinion of it, man. Well, it's always gone down to what poison you want to consume today. You want poison mm -hmm. on the left or poison on the right, especially when it comes to the bigger election, like the presidency. Um, mm -hmm. This goes on every year when it comes to our people. And it, it shows that, you know, maybe our people are getting politically more in sound. I don't know. I could be wrong. But it takes more just being political sense. It takes now a sense of organization to really make right. whatever you're going to accomplish matter. 
is these politicians, whether Democrat or Republic, they have their own agendas too. And once they get what they want and get into those positions of power where they could easily sign simple bills, maybe bigger or small bills, depending on how the thing works. And, you know, they have a body of a government, you know, other people in the House, Senate, also to make sure to freeze or anything to make them, he or she, if they're going to put some to be passed, has to go through them. Mm-hmm. That, you know, your voices only going to go so far amongst a committee, well organized committee like that, like the government that is structured well. You know, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people, either they're very politically ignorant or unliterate. And even he said about the literacy rate, saying that, you know, people that are literally going to jail. Well, we already knew that rate because that's why they build prisons. Most of that are not, well, I can't really say illiterate, but on the average, if you're not at a certain level reading-wise, your chance of going to jail is um, very high, you know, because now you can't get a necessary skill because you cannot read or function properly in society right like that you know so well, your see, chance of the opportunity to get very lessened go ahead mm-hmm. well see when it comes to things like the literacy rate in our education in our community i i, ta- I, I, I allude to this thing called white rage and what mm-hmm. i mean by that is historically whenever black community um was trying to build ourselves up educate our community um, whenever we were separate and we had our own schools um, and we was doing really good in those schools, um, the government always found a way to defund those things. Um, mm. And it, it's, it's one of these things to where you can look at, take a snapshot of today and call people illiterate, but you've mm-hmm. got to look at the historical racism in this country and how they, they, they willingly the, uh, miseducated the black community. Um, and you can look at that when you look at the areas called redlining. You can see the mm-hmm. defunding of those schools. And other schools in the country had all the resources that they need. That's why you see this disparity in education. And people always mm-hmm. think that I'm talking about racism. And, and No, it's not about that. It's, it's a systemic uh, way mm-hmm. that white America has made sure to dumb down our community and we don't recognize the damage that is being done um, until something like this is, is said in a political race, the literacy rate, you know, and, and then we talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, but you got to talk about how did we get here? What mm-hmm. historically, because there, our brain works just like any other human on this planet. We have the capability Correct. of learning just like everybody else. So when you look at the United States of America, we got doctors and all kinds of scientists in Africa and all over the world. And whenever you see those people come over here, they do good um, with their education level, and they're still African. So you got to ask what happened in the United States of America for us to get to this stage to where you're talking about the literacy rate of African Americans. Well, there's a history there. There's a history where white people uh, purposely defunded the education for our community. And Mm -hmm. unless that is on the conversation – Unless that's on, on, on the, unless that's part of political conversation, then we really ain't getting nowhere. We're, we're just talking about, okay, we're going to fix this. Well, how the fuck did it get here? You know? And then another mm-hmm. thing when it comes to politics, man, I've always said that we need our own political party um, mm-hmm. to put forward our own black agenda. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about that because we're 13 
percent of the population, how effective would it be? Well, there's an example when um, Barack Obama was uh, elected, that there was this small group of people that actually made political change in this country, and that was the Tea Party. The Tea Party was a small group of extreme right people, and whenever they, when Barack Obama got uh, elected, those people were so mad, they, uh, they wielded their they political power, and they uh, affected change in Washington for policies that affect them. So how do we do it? Well, if we're the black community and we have our own black political agenda, we need to have, get our black politicians online, our black business owners online, and we need to make those people that is influential in our community go along with the black agenda. That way, whatever power that they have, they can re withhold resources or money or whatever uh, and not support these people until they support the black political agenda. Um, but that that is that is just a, a wishful dream, I guess, uh, because mm -hmm. every time I start speaking in that, that direction, you'll hear some pushback. You'll hear people, well, that ain't going to happen and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, mm -hmm. but that's it. Other than that, we just we just playing in this this game of politics that definitely belongs to the white male. Uh, this, mm -hmm. this, this. And another thing, um, because this is his structure system that he has built for his preservation um i tell people um even if let's say we'll do the solution part of all this most people you know saying you don't have to pick a either party usually they have a thing called the middle which is called independent and i've noticed that lately and i advise any person that if they're going to entertain their vote whether locally or small then it's better be in the middle than say that you fall either side because they they, they it's like this tower they do a, a analysis where they check out the numbers yearly of who is which side you get me if they decide to let people know when they get that thing in the mail you get me mm -hmm. and they know a certain population where there's a red or blue state they know out of percentage how many is the red and how many was the blue you know mm -hmm. and out of that percentage who in here is either or, or in the middle? If we really dig the numbers, <laughs> I guarantee you there is very little percentage of the middle, which is independent. Mm -hmm. I would say probably less than a percent. Everybody falls on either side. Either you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. Right, so right there, they already know that all that is put two evils and said well now you already fall one side so obviously i got my puppet ready or this person ready to you know be that first head i got on the string say here's your here's your um democrat leader he's my president vote for him or here's my existing republican party on the strings here take him it's already already rigged from the start especially in the the present side of everything. Now, locally, I can't really say much because most people don't really participate locally. Then they should. They should. We should all should if we're smart. But, you know, like I said, in the big house, it's obviously, you know, it, it's secured already. You know, because anytime, like I said earlier in the conversation, if they have an electoral college, then obviously, you know, your vote, either popular, is not going to matter when they decide who really gets in or not. Right. And really, I'm mean, hearing conversations that people said that that should be getting rid of. People should try to fight to get rid of that part. And I agree, they should, because it should be we the people 
pick who for what they present themselves and plan lay out their plan what they try to do or what trying to accomplish in four or more years the right for us to say you got my vote right but it don't work like that so like i tell people many times they, they gotta focus mostly locally than anything else besides the big house you know what I'm saying? i mean i tell my people you could still do it but we should be a little bit more our minds gotta be everything has to start over I'm saying you said we need a political party that that should be the focus second that say they really think what they really want what they advocate for and any of these presidents said they're going to do something or not now you have a a body of people numbers where it said now we can hold your feet to the fire but right now we're scattered so we can't hold nobody accountable or the feet to the fire for lack of better words because a disorganized set of people don't get nothing done brother yeah, yep, you, yep. you, you, you don't get a decent bill passed. Even when I said about the Quan Cook, I'm hearing now from these so-called, um, so-called civil rights leaders and all this. They say they're trying to get a bill put on the way in the state of Iowa, how they, um, to have these racists that doing racist things be put in federal crime. And I think I say that sounds good and nice, but where, how are you going to enforce this so we get this in your favor? Because they could put bills all day, every day. But if you're not really enforcing some of this stuff, these dudes that have no fear, they're going to continue doing the same thing to our boys and girls or other men and women in the community. And they mm-hmm. feel so they'll go hunt and attack one of your own. And because people only operate through consequence. And right now, they're not getting no consequence at all for their actions toward black people. Actually, they're getting more rewards than consequence if you think about it. So they're endeared that it's a good behavior to keep attacking, you know, the so-called right, white right. supremacists that they keep complaining about. They get rewards for this. You know what I'm saying? If they do a little time in jail, ain't nothing because they go to prison, they're good. You know what I'm saying? They're probably eating good, getting protected, all that stuff. I don't want people to get fooled. And you know, it's funny, Sergeant called in to really push back on tonight's discussion maybe he's asleep but you know some of these people that are you know the leftless they're called leftists red mm-hmm. white left wing wherever wing of the wing of a bird nonsense mm-hmm. have not really called in and gave them their point of views to what i just played today especially joe biden on the birth club you know well i mean so, there's a lot of people going to vote for joe biden man i mean that's just that's just the that's just the the, the way the, the ball is going to bounce um and you can still vote for Joe Biden. I don't give a shit. But my point mm-hmm. is you we got to have this conversation. You got to have this conversation about what Joe Biden said. You got to have the conversation about what this political candidate, the way he looks at our community. And 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 that conversation um expands to how white America looks at our community and how we are treated in this community. And as long as you know what is in front of you, you can guard yourself, you can maneuver. But to walk around blindly and just go cast your vote uh, and not understand like that there's more to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and let me say this. There's, there's more to it besides politics, Gary. Whenever you look at the corporate, the corporate interests, the money that is involved mm-hmm. in politics. Now, now you're talking about two different levels, right? So mm-hmm. you got the corporation, the big corporations. They don't give mm-hmm. a crap 
who go to the ballot box uh, to mm-hmm. to a great degree. They, they all they care about is their profits and bottom line, and mm-hmm. their profits and bottom line actually uh, is some of it is put aside to give to these politicians. So whenever you <laughs> And and that's why, yeah, we could talk about politics, but unless we have the entire conversation about the corrupt nature of these corporations and its political influence, then, I mean, we really ain't changing nothing. Um, so we we behind the, the, the power curve, man, when it comes to this thing mm-hmm. in America. Um, and, and unless, I don't know, unless something happens to change the tides, um, this is just the way it's going to be for a long time to come. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not looking for no sympathy. I don't look for the corporations to look at our community and say, ooh, we need to do fair by this certain demographic because that ain't what they're there for. They're there to make profit. And if if, if their profit depends on uh, Donald Trump being in the office, giving them tax cuts, that's what the corporation is going to spend money on. You, uh, the NRA is a perfect example. The NRA don't give a crap about race. Because the NRA is a lobbyist, it's a big corporation, it's got a trillion dollars, and it's in uh, Washington spending money like it's candy. So whenever the Mm -hmm. NRA situations come up in the black community, the NRA is silent. The the NRA Mm -hmm. is silent. It's it's not even there. It's not even like there's an NRA that that, that supports the black community with these people with gun rights and all this kind. They don't give a shit about that. What they do give a shit about is, is, is membership and these politicians lobbying uh, and passing laws to support their corporation, so their so so their so their profits can grow bigger. So so you got that conversation with the com the, the corporations, and then you got the other side of the conversation where the politicians are getting paid off by the corporations too. So I, I don't even think that we even speak that way in the black community um, with with the with the corporate interests. Mm. You're right. Um, I always forget about the corporate side of things because this is a corporation. So mm-hmm. corporation, anytime when they're involved, is always to suit their needs. Even when there's greater tax stimulus bill, they bank more than anything else. Banks get there and the cut first. Then all other major corporations monopolize that runs this country, gets their little check. And then the Negro or just the regular American people get a little bag or hold the bag, you know. Regardless, mm-hmm. to eventually some of them get like twelve hundred and a stimulus check, or even this new one that I hear they're trying to push for. I don't know talks about that yet, but you know, it's still smoke stream. But at the end of the day, you know, there there should be some aid to all this. But the biggest concern with this aid is how much more that they're gonna have more of the American people be holding the bag now. You know, I mean, we we can't speak now because we're under serious times now because a lot of people have lost a good portion of their jobs which most likely if the economy opens they might not get that back you know mm-hmm. so you know the unemployment right now i'm not sure if you know what the average percent is now what, what's the numbers now is it like over 40 million now yet well i mean it's, it's it's up there in the millions um but it is high i know that i don't know the exact numbers but it is high well from what i'm hearing from another br- brother that did a stream on this or a podcast on this. He said that right now, in regards to our people, is kind of somewhat low than everybody else. Everybody else in this country is pretty high, from the Caucasoid to the Asian. Of all people that said they're the most employed, some are self-employed, if you think about. It. But even them, they're having a hard time maintaining their little 
you know, chicken and wing shops, you know. <laughs> so right, right, right. Yeah, so that that other race of people are really getting the bulk of the unemployment living more than black people per se. Because this says thirty forty million. I mean if you look at this said the average in this country is like almost fifty million strong. So people think said that might be us, but I'm thinking some of us are not even recorded as employed, if you think about it. So we don't know the actual numbers of how many black people in, in general is really unemployed right now. They give us a synapse of everybody else, but when it comes to us, some, especially men, have not worked for a couple of years. They might make a dollar, but they're not even counted because it's not really taxable. You get me? Right, right, right. So, so we had to put that in the equation as well. So, Well, I mean... The, the real story, I mean, to me, and I understand that it's terrible to have uh, unemployment and all that kind of stuff, but look at look at what we was getting already um, being employed, right? And yeah. a job is a job, and I ain't speaking against jobs, so don't take me wrong. But out of this economics in America, our community was is making crumbs compared to everybody mm-hmm. else. So... If you, if you put it in perspective, I mean, that's why I be trying to get ABC to see whenever he's talking about we need to go back to work and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, dude, you, do, you're not fighting for black people to go back to work. You're fighting for black people to go back out there and get these crumbs that we've been getting. Yes, we live off of that. Mm. Yes, we, need that. we need that. But I'm trying to say is that what you're really fighting for with these open up protests is you're fighting for them to go back out there and live the lavish life that they've been living. Now, look at what they're protesting for. They're protesting for haircuts. (laughs) They're protesting for amenities. What does that tell you? Listen, think about this concept. They're protesting for amenities. Think about the slave days and how you had the nigger serving you. They're protesting to open up so they can be served this is a mentality with these people. These people want to go and sit and be served at restaurants. They want to go and get pampered. They want, they want their businesses open so they can enjoy this utopia that they've created called America. So it's not about fairness and opening up the economy so everybody can have a job. That's not what you're looking at. You're looking at these people wanting to be served by a, a, a country, and they want their amenities. This is this is what you're fighting for. So my point is, is that part of the economics? I get it. We do need jobs, but if you want to have an economic conversation, let's be fair about this. Let's talk about the distribution of economics in this country. If you really want to mm-hmm. have a political economic conversation, let's talk about mm-hmm. what party, when they're in power, does better economically. And historically, that's always been the Democrats. The Democrats mm-hmm. have always had a good economy. But when you're looking at these damn people like dumbass ABC talking about open up the economy, so if you really want the economy to do better, then you should be talking about let's put a Democrat in office, if that's your thing. If that's your thing about the mm-hmm. economy, then we know that up under Barack Obama, the economy did great, and he came in with a recession. We know up under Bill Clinton, the economy did great, and he came up, uh, up under, uh, um, he had an economic boom. We know up under Ronald Reagan, with his trickle-down down economics, that was a failure. You know up under George Bush, 
when he started the Gulf Wars, his economic went to shit. So when you look historically at this economy, if the economy is what you're worried about, then you need to be talking about changing political parties. That's why I know that these people are not serious about uh, economics and small businesses and all. This not even a serious conversation. They're, they're, they're begging uh, to, to, to be in this utopia so they can open up the economy and have people of color Work, wait on them and serve them. That's that's what it's that's what they're opening. That's what they're fighting to open up. In my opinion, yeah. now that's just me, but that's what it looks like to me. Okay. I mean, that's a good assessment to think about because they really want to still serve other groups of people instead of serving and dealing with themselves. Mm-hmm. I get that. That makes more sense. Um, I'm not in opposition to what you just said because you know, at the end of you know. Some black business might be around. Nigga, those crumbs pay. Wait, wait, on. ABC, you got the call up. You can't really have this argument behind the um, chat room. You know the number, bro. Um, MJ, please drop the number again on the um, chat room. Because look at ABC like, opposing what you just said a while ago. Um, oh, he don't want to have this debate. He can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, come look at nah, it now. Yeah, he's good. Maybe yeah, he's all right, there. but I, I don't. I think I think that he's got a skewed view of the world, um, and that's fine. You know, everybody's got a right to have their own view. But if you want to be honest about what's going on, because if you look at the number of deaths that's going on, Gary, and it's a real mm-hmm. thing, people are dying. Um, just like I shared last mm-hmm. night, my, yeah. um, my cousin just got buried yesterday, uh, and he had the coronavirus. You know, mm-hmm. my 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 um my cousin's husband. But my point is, it's a real thing. And for people to sit out here and say, let's open up the churches first, well, here we go again. <laughs> Who frequent the, the churches in this country the most? Black people. Black people. So why are you yeah. screaming, open up the damn churches? And you know black people mm-hmm. want to get and praise their Jesus. And that whenever they first yeah. started talking about opening up the damn economy, they were talking about opening up beauty salons and shit. So these people ain't giving a shit about black people, man. And, and these, it's it's scary to watch these guys promote uh, this stuff, man. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, small business open first and everything else is second. Um, I, I, well, you know, like I said, with the small business, I mean, it's unfortunate some have to stay closed because of this, but you know, it is what is for the precaution of people. Um, it's going to be interesting when June hits, when the whole United States starts to open up very slowly more to see mm-hmm. how things turn out. I mean, I hear they say once it gets cold again, the so-called virus is going to come with a fury and all this stuff but i don't know i had to sit back and see because you think about it when they said they announced it we were at the end of winter tara mm-hmm. to be honest with you this is they announced it in the middle of march just before the spring solstice now mind you some people some states might still snow i could be wrong because i live in all 50 states but i know around here or probably where you at if you could recall, when last time you see some snow? Mm-hmm. Okay. Very little, right? So, you know, 
with I would say this year was a very quiet, non cold well it's cold but non snow winter this year. Right. So so in regards to the fall, and I want people to hear me good, listen to me good. It doesn't get as severe and serious like winter. Because the average temperature in the fall, I could be wrong, it roughly depends where you're at. You look at above 45 degrees on the average. Or like winter is below that, you know? Now, right. some people say it's going to be a problem when the, when the fall hits, it's going to be coming back. I said if it's going to really come back and it, it was going to show its teeth, it would have done it during the winter of last year going on early 2020, you know? And it, they've been talking about, even Biden said that he wrote in his an article piece in January where it's out. But, but Mr. President, you were part of Obama camp, and this was been around since 20, well, actually not been around 2013. I heard stories from one person said that this thing, even when it is not labeled called corona, was around for like 17 years. So they've been doing a lot of experimentation, genetic alteration, war, um, what do you call it, um, biological warfare for a good long time, bro. And mm-hmm. this thing came around, you know. I think what I told you about CRISPR, which I'm not sure if you got a chance to look into it, that was one of the few things that was the one that they were experimenting with animals heavily, you know, that whatever existed made it implode. You get me? Right. Because now right. you're altering genes, taking bat genes that survive any virus and try to manipulate and I guess in some form of vow and experiment with people. You know? Because remember, all, the, the purpose of um, gene editing and, you know, biological manipulation is all for profit, whether used for war tactics or for so-called medical use so they can make profit. And I never mm-hmm. told you this personally, I'm Tyron, that one of the few things that the American people are serious to go fight about, and I got this from another good brother, is that people got to fight about defunding um, the medical establishment. It should not be privatized. You know what I'm saying? Outside of America... They don't have privatized medical systems. And what you pay, what you get. And usually they cover people to what they have. Here in this country, it's not like that. If you don't qualify for certain things or you don't have the right paperwork or all that stuff, you're going to be charged. If you pay insurance, you got to be careful what insurance you're paying for because you could be paying your the physician that you're seeing twice. Mm-hmm. But why they could do this? Because people are very illiterate to understand that the medical establishment is privatized. So they could charge whatever they can because they have a market for it. They're not healing people. They, they, they rather see more sick people more than ever. Think about this. Since this outbreak been around for a while and then now America is here in America, do you know the medical establishment is making money right now? Where they hope that yeah, they don't want they don't want they don't want to stop to be honest with you, because they're making a serious killing right now, you know. And I'm sorry to tell people this, but that's how business works. It's just safe for people that is investing in stocks. They make more money off when things in the markets are going crazy, you know. Right. That's the same thing. I look at the medical sector. They're making money off of this crap. So they the longer this prolongs the better for the medical establishment here. You know what I'm saying? 
So, you know, and like I said, they do have some vaccines right now. Even they talk about there's a search now for the, um, the, the so-called vaccination cure for this. But I said it personally. They already have it already. It's the only thing now is it's going to let people get the symptom, die from it, run more experiments, and eventually it's going to give you a vaccine. And it's going to do either worse or good, you know. That's how things work because, you know, everything in time they take advantage and use for the benefit, you know, to pass laws, legislation, to make, to pocket more of people suffering and ignorance, you know. I have Phil Valentine, I mean, Phil Galone here, and he was reading the stimulus bill of what they already put in papers, what they tend to do, you know. You know, so I tell people many times, try to stay healthy at all costs. If you're not finding other alternatives, while if you're confined or whatever, I advise people to look into those things, you know, while while this is going on, you know what I'm saying, because you got to protect your health at all costs, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, most people are going to still interact, so the best thing most people or humans could do is find alternate health while, you know, this, this craziness still goes on, you know, because think about it. They, they don't want healthy people, Tyrone. They don't make money off that. You know what I'm saying? Hell, one time you had to go out your way for the last couple of years improving your body. Because you know, in your mind, town, you can't afford to get sick. Either right. you, you got the military going for it. You think as a man at your age, you want to risk that? Oh, hell no. And that's what okay. I was telling these guys. That, that, why would you even take a chance at exposing yourself to this thing? And, and and they're talking about this herd immunity, and you got to allow your body to uh, expose yourself so it can get used to it. That is not the way medicine works. That is not the way it works. It, that is that is one of the dumbest suggestions that I've heard on this phone. Um, especially if you might have something like a pre-existing condition, that's a death sentence for you. Mm. Mm. Let me see. And, and like you were saying, man, I, America has one of the Worst healthcare systems on this damn planet, and yep, um, me being in the military, I was fortunate enough to be in a system to where I was taken care of medically. But everybody ain't ain't, ain't lucky like that. Um, and no. to look at the cost of of drugs, prescription drugs, and then look at the cost of care, can't nobody afford that shit, you know. And there's a lot of people in this country that is having to go to the hospital during this time and use their insurance. Their premiums are going up. Like you said, mm-hmm. the medical industry is getting paid. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's one of these things, well, I don't know how Americans could be so crazy not to see what's going on. It's all about money and profit in this damn country. Well, if you think about it, the average American is too afraid because they have no options, Tyrant. That's the whole purpose of the medical establishment is privatized because now you're not going to see. Think about this, bro. Why would me as a man, or you let's say you as a man, would pay a dentist to get, let's say, a filling or root canal or a cap in this country where it's going to cost you over the roof, where you can go somewhere else and get what you need for less than its value? Right. But most people don't think critically said you do have options but the problem with the average american citizen they are conditioned feel say you have no options either you take this or not just like how we talk about politics where you must pick the lesser two evils they're trying to cut out your 
your ability to think of is there an option? Because in my fact, that is the real essence of actual control, people, which I forgot to mention, to cut out your options. You only can go through them. Right. And that right there, i.e., is a slave. That is full control. And you don't want to be one of the people to be fully controlled, where you have the options at all. And that's the premise of tonight's show, you know, really, if we want to really break it out at it. This, this is what it boils down to, you know? That's why even, like I said before, defunding the privatization of a medical establishment is one of anything, if any person, if any citizen is smart, they'll think about and figure it out, you know, or organize to get that handled before anything else. Because think about it, the medical establishment is not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. People think said because another president will come in, it's going to correct that. Joe Biden's not going to correct the medical establishment. Hell, he write bills to lock up more black people than ever. Regardless, he said that Clinton change up. No, you format the bill. You structure this bill. You get me? Right. So you're responsible. You remember, you, you're 100% responsible of the crime bill, if you want to keep 100. That's why when he mentioned the crime bill throughout the whole discussion, he's talking about, you know, well, it's not my fault. You know, there was Clinton and all the say change upset and the address, and I didn't agree with it. Okay, so that means you're full responsibility. So my question, and every black person asks the same dude, what are you going to do to correct that? Because now I say you create a problem. You saying yeah. during that audio you played that he said the crime bill wasn't his responsibility? No, he he formed it, but it was not all his fault in the crime bill oh. structure. I got to go play. I got to go listen to that. You, yeah. you, want, you, want, you want to play right now? I can play right now. For it. it's eight what, is, it, is it long? No, it's only 18 minutes. I'm just going to go straight to it from his okay. talk. All right, let me do this. So this is what I'm going to do now. Let's listen. Um, I'm going to run it one. Wait. Oh, shoot. Let me do this. Um, I had to open up another window. Hold on a second. The guy clicked out of it. I shouldn't have that, but you know, you, you got to hear for it for yourself. And it's good you're up here anyway, because I want you to hear from yourself anyway, Tyron, because this he said a lot of stuff in there. And 18 minutes, I, I had to pause it and give my take on it. All right. Y'all going to hear it one more time for those that didn't catch it. All right, yes. Okay. okay. All right. This is the crime. Well, this is Joe Biden in the crime bill. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Vice President Biden, how are you today? Good. Good to see you. Same here. You know, you know I've been critical of you. Um, I, I have a few things I want to talk to you about. Today. I know you have. Yeah. You don't know me. No, I don't. That's why I want to get to know you today. I want to get to know you today. Um, I want to talk to you about mostly black stuff. But, you know, first of all, how are you? How's your family during this quarantine? Thank God everybody's doing well. How about you and your family? Man, we over here blessed black and highly favored, man. Well, I tell you what, the black community is getting killed, though. That is very, very true. That is very true. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of right-wing media outlets. They, they question you. They question your cognitive health. They don't... They don't, think, they don't think everything's working upstairs. What, what do you say to that? I say I can hardly wait to meet with that guy who is the stable genius. <laughs> There's nothing stable about that guy. 
You know, one, one thing I've been critical about is I feel like you've been, like, MIA during this global mm-hmm. pandemic. You know, it's people like Governor Cuomo here in New York who have become political stars simply because we see and hear from them every day. So I'm just, I'm just like, how, I'm, I'm wondering how you're going to energize people and win a campaign from the House. Well, I tell you what, I'm doing, I'm, I'm following the rules, man. True. Number one, I'm keeping the rules. My governor says he doesn't want us out. I haven't been out. I wear my mask. I have a mask. I got Secret Service outside. I walk outside. I have it on. They get tested. And by the way, I'm beating them across the board. Mm-hmm. Of 160 million people have watched me so far on shows like yours. Okay. All the stuff about it hurting me. It's not hurting me. I'm winning in all those states. I'm ahead in all national polls. And uh, the more he talks, the better off I am. Yeah, we, we know polls, polls can be illusions, though. Like, you know, we, we looked at all the polls in 2016, too, and look what happened. Totally different, man. 2016 is totally different. What you had then is you had somebody who didn't, they didn't know it all. They wanted to just change the system the way it was. He was the biggest change. He had no serious opposition that turned out to materialize. And uh, so it's totally different. Right now, we're in a situation where it's like, you know, that Carney show goes through town once and you find out there's no pee under any one of those three shells that get pushed around. Mm-hmm. Next time it comes back, what do you do? Next time it comes back, you ain't playing. You got to figure it out. Okay. And let me tell you something. My community figured it out a while ago. But here's the deal. What I have to do is I have to continue to talk about the things that matter. And the things that matter are, for example, right now there's a study out of Columbia University and the disease control center up there. They pointed out that if he had listened to me and others and acted just one week earlier to deal with this virus, there'd be 36,000 fewer people dead, dead, dead. And you guys are wondering what are we, what's he doing? Come on, man, get a life, get a life. This guy has been incredibly terrible. And what, what we've had is, you know, back in, when uh, in January, I said, I wrote an article back in, I think, the 27th of January, said this pandemic's here. We should act. Every other country that was acted around the time, got, got the notice around the time we did, they have considerably fewer deaths as a percent of the population. I'm the guy that said we ought to take hard records and find out exactly how many people in the black community are getting COVID and are dying from it. And look what's happened. Now everybody's going, oh, surprise, surprise. Look, everybody knows this. We have to come back. We have to fight back. And, you know, the crisis lays laying bare the institutional racism that's still prevalent in our society. And I believe we have to address it by transforming our economy and this time bringing everybody along. And we haven't, look, he started to undermine the pillars of his economy before. Look, the blinders, Charlemagne, in my view, have been taken off. Now people recognize that those essential workers, a disproportionate amount of them are African-Americans and they're breaking their necks, risking their lives, losing their lives. They're grocery store workers, they're bus drivers, they're delivery people, they're the people who are on the line. They are the, they're, they're health, they're the healthcare workers who are in a position where they're taking care of the nurses. I mean, and, and they're making basically the minimum wage. So this time when we come back, we had not only rebuild, move this along, we had not only rebuild, but we have to transform this economy. We can create millions of new jobs in transportation, energy structure. We can, there's jobs, as a, a job is a lot more than a paycheck. 
-hmm. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about how you're treated. And that's how we built the, from the working class to the middle class. But this time, we have to address the institutional racism. We've seen it more clearly now. In a, in a black majority county, they're six times more likely to die in a pandemic than a white county. They're disproportionately uninsured in the African-American community, disproportionately make up the essential jobs that, that, that they can't do at home. They're risking their lives every day. Enough's enough. And this Biden recovery I'm going to put together will bring everybody along. I'm going to build a better, a better future, not back to what we had, but a better, back to something better than we had. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago, um, Sean Combs, you might, you might know him as Diddy. Yeah. He, he said what I believe a lot of black voters, including myself, feel, and that's that Democrats take black voters for granted. You know, um, votes are quid pro quo, right? It's not like I don't want to vote. I just want to know what candidates will do for us in exchange for our votes. The same way young progressive Latinos or the LGBT community. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want the same thing. Do you feel like black people are owed that from the Democratic Party? Absolutely, Pop. What did I say? Remember when they said Biden can't win the primaries? Yes. I kicked everybody's ass. I, excuse me. It I don't won. like that. I need you to say that. You did no, what? No. I won overwhelmingly. I told you when I got to South Carolina, I won every single county. I won a larger share of the black vote than anybody has, including Barack. I increased the vote in Virginia overwhelmingly by 70%. Look, what people don't know about me is I come from a state that's the eighth largest black population in America, the eighth largest. I get 96% of that vote for the last 40 years. It's, they're, they're the folks, as they say it my way, brung me to the dance. That's how I get elected every single time. And everybody's shocked. I get overwhelming support from the black leadership, young and old. Every poll shows me way ahead. And it's not just, I hear this, oh, yeah, old blacks are with Biden, but young aren't. Look at the polling data. Polling data, let's say it's off by half. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. This is where I come from. I got involved. I came home from college, and I had a job with a really fancy law firm out of law school. And my city is the only city in America occupied by the National Guard, the military, for 10 months when Dr. King was shot. And I had this fancy job, a kid coming from a, from a lower middle-income household. I quit and became a public defender. And I stayed in that community. I was the only guy when I was in high school. I had a job, a country club kind of job with a, at a swimming pool. I was the only white employee in East Side because I wanted to work in the projects, because I wanted to understand. That's how I got involved in politics. That's what this is all about for me. It's about equality. It's about dignity. It's about treating people with respect. And so, you know, when you take a look at my record, people talk about the crime bill. Crime bill didn't increase mass incarceration. Other things increased mass incarceration. And the reason why, if you go back and look, and I know you talk about it, you go back and take a look. That's why you had the vast majority of the black caucus at the time supporting the crime bill. Almost every major city black mayor supported the crime bill because blacks were getting killed overwhelmingly as well. And what happened when that crime bill? It had four or five really important things. It had the Violence Against Women Act. It said drug courts don't send anybody who has a drug problem to jail. Send them to rehabilitation, to a drug court. 
It had in it that had the uh, the assault weapons ban, getting rid of assault weapons, getting rid of the round, the number of rounds you could have in a gun. It also had in it a whole range of other things, but that things I didn't like. Clinton wanted to put in a deal where, in fact, three strikes and you're out. I opposed that three strikes and you're out bill. I oppose the position taking that, saying that you're going to have any mandatory sentences. But on balance, the whole bill, what happened was it did, in fact, bring down violent crime in black communities as well. And guess what? The fact is prison population didn't increase. 94% of every prisoner in jail is in a state prison, not a federal prison, no federal law. And here's the deal. The one thing I opposed in that bill was people wanting to give money to state prisons to build more prisons. I opposed it. But the point was, on balance, everything from the assault women's ban to the violence against women ban to the drug courts, they were important. And now, look what we can do. Look, I've been pushing along with my colleagues in a black caucus in the United States Congress. We should change the entire, and I've been doing this for a while, change the entire prison system from one that is punishment to rehabilitation. There's only a couple of things everybody has in common in jail. One is they were <clears throat> the victims of abuse of their kids were, or, their, or, their, or, their, or their mother was. Number two, can't read. Number three, they don't have any job skills. They were in a position where they didn't get a chance. Why does it make sense? Why did I come along and write the first act that said, when you get out of prison, you don't just get a notion where you get 25 bucks and a bus ticket. You end up under the bridge. You end up under the bridge and just do the same place. So every single solitary person being released from prison should have access to every single government program. Why does it not make sense to have African-Americans who are getting out of prison <coughs> serve their time, everybody for that matter, be able to have public housing? Why does it make sense that they can have Pell Grants to go to school? Why does it make sense they can have access to health care? What are we, nuts? I, I what do we keep doing? Yeah, I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's our time there. No, no, I, I, I'm sorry. Well, I know Jill has to use this, but I, I want to talk too much. I apologize. No, let me, I, I got I to ask you, though, you know, why so much resistance? on admitting the crime bill and, and other legislation you are a part of was damaging to the black community. Because we had Hillary on a few years ago, uh, and Ms. Clinton said that the crime bill, made, we made a lot of mistakes with that, and she wanted to atone for that by becoming the next president. Like She was wrong. What happened was it wasn't the crime bill. It was the drug legislation. It was the, inst the institution of mandatory minimums, which I oppose. Mandatory, I, thought, I, I, thought you, I thought you, I thought you create, I thought you uh, was a part of that in 84 as well, the Comprehensive Crime Control Act that established mandatory minimum sentences for drug offenses. No, no, what happened was, you're, what you're confusing is, what, what happened was the Black Caucus came to me and said, look, one of the, well, I did this study when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. We looked at every district of the, <laughs> the, of the 10 court districts in America, federal court districts, and we found out that if you got arrested for robbery and convicted, and I got arrested for robbery and convicted, it was the first time, you went to jail an average of 13 years. I went to jail an average of three years. So there was this whole move, same time for the same crime. So no one based on their color could go to jail longer than anybody else 
for the same crime. So what happened was there was a judicial selection committee setting up that how you deal with making sure that the sentencing process is taken out of the hands of uh, prosecutors saying, I'm going to want 12 years, 13 years for you, and three years for me. The end result of that was the unintended consequence, which we changed, Barack and I did, was the fact that you, in fact, all of a sudden, you could not lower my sentence or your sentence be uh, lower than what was the average sentence for everybody else going to jail in the districts. That's how that came about. It didn't say mandatory. We said to the judges, you can't send people to jail for the same crime different times. They have to be within a, 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 a framework. That's why that has been changed. And while I was vice president, I helped Barack, we reduced the prison population in Frederick by 38,000 people. 38,000 people. And the only, the only mandatory was in there was carjacking, which I opposed, and three strikes and you're out, which is ridiculous. It only was imposed three times. But still, even once makes no sense. The idea of three ties, three strikes and you're out. Give me a break. And the other thing we have to do, one of the things that, you know, I was a public defender. I'm going to insist when I'm president that a public defender gets, a federal public defender gets paid the same amount of money as a federal prosecutor gets paid. So you have representation. People have representation. But the bottom line is, the other piece is, I'm going to try to change, and I've laid it out. I'll send you a copy of my plan so you have it. To Deliver see every it. voice? Pardon me? What, deliver every voice or what? No, the one that I, the plan I have is my manifesto for black America. And, a, and particularly the portion of it that relates to how, in fact, we're going to deal with the prison system. If you are in prison, if you are convicted of a crime, no one should be going to jail for a drug crime, period. Nobody, nobody. So, no so matter what the crime, particularly marijuana, which makes no sense for people to go to jail. They should be just wiped out completely. And the reason is that, what, if anything, for those crimes that are actually continue to be crimes, scheduled crimes, as marijuana shouldn't be anymore, what is happening is you shouldn't go to prison. You should go to a, a mandatory rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. It costs less to put people in a drug rehabilitation program than it does in jail. And you have a chance. We've got to give people a chance. You know, Vice President Biden, I've read some of your black agenda, and you say that you would decriminalize marijuana. What's the difference between legalizing it and decriminalizing it? Because they're trying to find out whether or not there is any impact on the use of marijuana, not in leading you to other drugs, but what it affects, does it affect long-term development of the brain? And we should wait till the studies are done. I think science matters. I think we got decades. I think we got decades and decades of studies from actual weed smokers, though. Yeah, I do. I know a lot of weed smokers. <laughs> I want to ask you about your your, your running mate. Um, I don't know if you saw. Well, I saw the day that a news report broke that uh, Amy Klobuchar was being vetted, and a lot of people on social media they're not too happy about that. And um, 
It's because they want your running mate to be a black woman. I don't know if you saw the op-ed in the Washington Post by some of the leading black women voices in this country, and they feel since black women are such a loyal voting block, and black people saved your political life in the primaries this year. They have things they want from you, and one of them is a black woman running mate. What, what do you say to them? What I say to them is that I'm not acknowledging anybody who is being considered, but I guarantee you there are multiple black women being considered. Multiple. Well, you know, Thanks so the, much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to the black media. You I can't do that to white media and black media because my wife yeah. has to go on at 6 o'clock. Okay. Oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause I will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something. Trump. And you ain't black. Until November, we got more questions. Problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. I'm figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do All right, enough of that. Enough of that nonsense. You heard that? Yeah, Tyrone? man. That, that was a whole lot of uh, that was a whole lot of craziness, man. Um, but it's typical of it's a typical political response in the way they address the black community. Um, he touched all the, the, the talking points. Uh, Martin Luther King, he talked about. He talked about how many people support him, how many black people support him, how many, uh, uh, you know, he, at one point in time, he said, I was the only white person working on a job. He talked about the prisons. Uh, the, the, the whole thing that they talked to us politically about, he touched damn near every talking point when it comes to uh, the black mm -hmm. politics in this country. But the one thing that they didn't talk about that I think that is important is access to resources, access to economics, the economic disparity in this country, the racism that is uh, displayed every day um, and even from the podium at the White House. Um, and you know, people, people always wonder, well, Tyrone, why are you always talking about racism? You 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 scared of the white man? You no. Here is my deal, and I say this all the time. It really ain't about me. It's about me going through a world knowing that I have children and grandchildren and and, and family members that is going to face this same type of discrimination and feeling them feeling helpless uh, about what they can do to react to this stuff. That that's that's where my power comes from to talk about this stuff. So when you're listening to Joe Biden, and Charlemagne the guy, he did a good job, man. I think he did it. And, and I got my own issues with Charlemagne, but in this interview, I, I give him a, a thumbs up. But he, I think that he should have pushed on a lot of stuff, um, like I'm saying, the money, the money portion. Um, I know mm -hmm. people don't like to have the conversation about slavery and what it done to our country, but mm -hmm. that's bullshit because we celebrate Independence Day. And that's a time in history that they are celebrating. But during that time, we was in bondage. So if you can talk mm -hmm. about Independence Day, you can talk about black people in bondage. 
Um, but we've been programmed to every time somebody bring up slavery, is it's always pushed back by. Mm-hmm. Conversation yeah. in this country that needs to be a part of the political conversation. Um, what else did he say? Well, he was talking about um, he the 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 cram bill really didn't lock black people up, and what the cram what else the cram bill had in it was violence against women, uh, the assault weapons ban. And other things mm-hmm. that the crime bill had in it is the reason that he voted for it. Now, that's a bunch of political spin. And here's why. If mm-hmm. those issues were important to you separate than locking black people up, then you should have talked about the assault weapons ban in another bill or the violence against women in another bill. And, and the thing that was locking people up that looked like you and I, that should have been handled differently. It should have been Mm -hmm. uh, removed from these other things, these other issues, so we won't be having this conversation and somebody is justifying themselves voting for locking us up while at the same time voting for an assault weapons ban, which is not in state, which is not in a YouTube is not receiving. Okay. Well, 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 you know, they, they, they wouldn't have them things bundled together. So it should have been separate. So he full of shit. He voted for the crime bill. He knew what was in it, and he knew that, it, and he know now uh, that it locked up black people. So, I mean, Joe Biden full of shit, man. That, that, I, I, that's all I got to say. I could go on, but he full of shit. And you can hear me, Tom. And we got somebody raised their hand. Okay, that's the point of everything of all this is to really listen in on just the verbal point of controlling of people's fragile mind. Not eager, but their minds from what they're hearing are trying to articulate, understand. When he said, "I yeah, I took part of it, but it's not my fault." That see, the one thing with the European, he does not, he does really a well good job denying his part of destruction. He always trying to find ways of escapism to keep pointing the two fingers back either on the victim or somebody else. You ever notice that? And say, okay, you wrote this for this, to address this problem, this issue. And I, I've heard even from these same so-called black, so-called um, civil rights, so-called black carcass males or females that's in so-called position of power, and I said so-called because they now don't got no real power because the most people that are the most rule come to the same oppressor that create the problem, which I find it asinizing. Who do you think um, disturbs the jobs and put the drugs and weapons in your community. Not you. You don't got no form power of that. Now, some people say, well, you took you you took it, so you took the bait, so you're at fault. Well, it's kind of hard to take any bait when somebody deprives people for a good long time. You have to really go by instinct at the end of the day. You get me, Tyron? Right. That's why I can't really put Mark say, you know, are people about yeah, but you see the problems when you're not in control of your environment, it's like the test of the 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 rat test that was done back in the fifties. This scientist did it to see how can I control the behaviors of not only mammals but actual people. And through that same study, he has discovered reward and punishment. That's the same thing text they use 
in laboratories they do on physical people today. But I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to start opening these lines. The first line, open up. Is that you, Joshua? Hey, what's going on, man? All right, stay right there. Let me open one more line. Um, let's see if it opens. Okay, open the line. Who's this? BK here. All right. You may start, Yashua. Um, I know you heard that playback. What's your thoughts and opinions? Uh, oh, God. I mean, by, you know, I, I think that Charlemagne, the God, I think, this is just my perspective. He, I think he, he let him, he politics Charlemagne and God to death. That's what he did. He politics to death. Um, Charlemagne, the, the God, she shouldn't allow him to talk like that, period. I mean, I had a point of blame and could cut him off saying, well, what, what about this? You see, what about this, 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 and that? See, I, so I think he, he did what politicians uh, generally do, and they couldn't talk. Well, while you just listen, despite the fact that, you know, what they might be saying is, in some cases, it could be bullshit, but they did talk. Um, one of the things that he said that, was, that, he was, that he was correct on, that Biden was the, he talked about the crime bill. Now, he's right on the idea of the drug thing. They didn't think, some of the black mayors who were saying, are saying now today, what they were saying, they didn't think that they were going to use the drug thing to lock up black, to lock people up. Lock people up the way that they did. That was a trick in it, and this is what prosecutors did, and 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 prosecuting blacks versus whites when it came to drugs, because he did admit that there is a disparity in how they judge white criminals opposed to how they judge someone who's a black criminal. You know, but he uh, on that note, there was some trickery with that crime bill with the drug thing because they tend to lock up a lot of young black men. For drugs at that during that time, they locked a whole lot of black men, and it wasn't even homicide. That's the problem. A lot of it wasn't even based on homicide. A lot of it was just drugs. They were locking people on, giving people fifteen years, twenty years, etc. The, the excessive amounts of time just for drug use or just being being just a drug pusher. You know what I'm saying? So, so this would they would quote what we're doing. Um, you know, again, there was a lot of things that uh, showing. Like I said, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm giving him some credit where credit is due. Um, it, you know, I, I would like to know Biden's position on the Protective Act for Black people and police brutality. I want to know stuff like that. I mean, what is he going to do about that? Is he going to have a Protective Act bill to say, since y'all can't keep your hands off of Black people, it seems that you want to grab them every time you get into a a, a verbal conversation with black people. Here you go. How about this particular protective act? That way you keep your hands off of them. If something has to happen with that, um, and there's another thing. He talked about this uh, disparities, but he doesn't talk about the, the, the repairing of it. He got to talk about repair of what this country has did. You know, how they have benefited from the wealth gap. How they benefit, how white people have benefited from all this. So, and him being a white man, he should understand that. He's still a white man to me. So at the same time, though, um, um, the 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 eighth state, the eighth, the state that he was talking about that had one of the largest black population was my, that's Delaware. That's what he's talking about. So I'm saying, so I know what he's saying, but my point is for him. Um, again, you know, I'm you know, I'm on the fence with him. I don't trust him. Um, the the, the point is that the, one of the best things he said was about the uh, how the crime bill was used and was used basically for drug users and drug pushes. Um, again, a lot of the crime was not 
homicidal-wise, a lot of black men weren't even about the homicide. It was about the drugs. A lot of them went to, went to jail for the drugs than the homicide. And and so that that's what I believe. But, again, the, the Protective Act for black people to get these police officers from, from doing what they're doing, and there's, there's some other judicial things he can, you know, I would like to see him answer those some questions. But the bigger question, you know, I want to see him talk about is the monies, um, where is the resources, like Tyrone was saying earlier, you know, where's the resources and where's the money at? Where's the repair at, Minister Biden? That's what I'm getting at, you know, and that's where I'm coming from. And that's what I just got to say, man. I'm done. Okay, Joshua, thank you. Now, Big mm-hmm. Jay, you, 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 I think you heard an interview already in advance. What's your take on it? Uh, you really want to know my take on it? First of all, yeah. um, first of all, uh, this is what happens when y'all keep on electing baby boomers uh, in high-level positions. Let me tell you why. Because everything Joe Biden says is a 1970s bullshit. This, 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 this is some shit that's 40 years old. Why y'all still... And, and, and I'm, I'm, no, and here is the second thing I'm going to bring up. On Charlemagne's part, uh, this tells me black people are limited when it comes to politics because we're, too, because we're focused on reissues. I'm going to say it right this. Y'all on level 15. No, y'all on level one while everybody else is on level 15 or 16. We got, if, you wanna, if you want black people to succeed in this country or succeed in this world, you got to look at every problem. You got to look at health care. And ABC, shut the fuck up before I start the bitch. I start the holy fuck out your bitch ass. Now back to the point. Oh, my goodness. Uh, back to the point, you punk-ass bitch. Uh, anyway, back, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Chaos. I can't stand that bitch-ass nigga. Anyway, um, uh, if you, um, black people have to, you, you know, we, our concerns have, have to be bigger than just talking about crime and drugs or crime bills and drugs. We, we, we have to be focused on grander issues because we are a diverse group of people. So why do we relegate ourselves to two issues every every two to four years? We relegate, quote, unquote, black issues to crime or crime or welfare. Or, or there's no mama, there's no babies, there's no daddies in the house. See, if black people really want you to see, you've got to think, think, think big at, at some point. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, oh. It, you know, this is the reason why I voted for Tulsi Galbert because at least she ain't, ain't, ain't saying, saying that dumb shit that Joe Biden was saying. I'm done. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, ABC, you know, if you're listening, ABC, you can call up still. So I'm not going to be on here too long. I will eventually open up. Eventually. Um, well, there. Uh, I guess that, that says it all right there. Um, let me check. I'm saying, let me check the comment section. I might call at night, so let me just look. Oh, and the call number again for those who want to still call in is seven one two seven seven zero four one six zero. 
access code 915411pound. I repeat, 7704160, access code 915411pound. Tonight's subject, Chaos Rain presents the protocols for control. Um, Miss Monica Lamb, I know you're going back and forth. I know you, you where you at, Monica. Um, I think you're well versed in certain things. If you can call up Miss Monica Lamb, I would appreciate it to get more take. Um. Oh wait, you're online. Um, Offex. Yes. Oh, let me check the board. Yeah. How you doing, girl? Yeah, I'm on the host line. Yeah, I wanted to be patient. All right. Uh, you know, I take my critics. I actually take the feedback from my critics. ABC says that I jump in on people's shows, but um, I was being patient for you. But I wanted to bless your show with my comment. I'm not, you know, I'm not God, okay. but, uh, okay. you know, uh, this is a very serious topic. I, I just want to add some points. Um, first of all, I'm on affiliate. My personal opinion He's not, my, my vote is not promised to him. It definitely wasn't promised to him before this statement, but I know it's guaranteed it's not promised to him after this statement. My personal opinion, if I, over anybody else that considers himself a black African-American person in this country, votes for Joe Biden, and he does not have a specific plan Black African Americans, meaning that he's going to sign something in law, and that, and on that paper, it's going to say Black African Americans, African Americans, Black Americans, however you want to title us, however they want to title us. You know what we're talking about. If he does not have something like that, I would be a fool. Anybody else would be a fool to give Joe Biden your vote at this point. He was speaking from the gut. That wasn't a guy. You see how braggadocious that he came on the black platform? He was real braggadocious. First of all, when he got off the phone, he says, you know, sarcastic Charlemagne says, you know, you can't be doing a a platform like that, leaving so quickly. He he wants to come up and says, hold up. I I know I'm on a black platform. I know... I'm, 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 I'm these black voters, I know this is a multicultural society, I know we have tribal voting blocks, and, and people say that when we have our, tri- tri- our tribal voting blocks, we're racist when we do that shit. Come on, that's, that's brainwashing. But when he comes on that platform, he has to interject and says, hold up, I can't, I can't paraphrase, I can't uh, disappoint white platforms either because my wife is going to be mad. Why, why wouldn't you just let that go and just laugh that off during the black platform? Oh, he said that so people that are listening to him, he wants to remind you, I'm not just all for you. I'm for all Americans. Remember, I'm your Barack Obama, all-American president. He's, he, they think we're so dumb, guys. Let's go a couple more points, Gray. And I'm gonna, he says, Yashua State, Delaware, is, has the eighth largest black population in this nation. Yes. Good. He says, I've got 96% of those, those black voters vote for 40 years. <laughs> for 40 years. What? For 40 fucking years. Now, I don't know Delaware, but is that braggadocious? He, I mean, he already bragged and said that he had more votes 
in South Carolina that he got from Obama. Did y'all hear him say that, right? That's real braggadocious on a black platform, huh? He said, I got more voters in South Carolina than Obama. <laughs> but watch someone put it up. My God, Sergeant and right. See, guys, listen to me. I don't know everything. I can admit when I'm wrong. That's why I say I can run my motherfucking mouth when I want to. Loud. And if I'm loud and wrong, I can say loud and wrong that, okay, I made a mistake. Move on. But Sarge and them are having a fucking field day with this shit, guys. Watch what he said about the vice presidents. Look on the debate. Sarge can pull it up. He's probably hunting it down now. He said in the debate, live on air, that he was going to pick a black African-American female for his vice presidency shit. Or, or, or for, I'm sorry, for the vice presidency. That's a fact. That's what he said. Now, when Charlemagne comes and says, well, I heard you were uh, interviewing um, Klobuchar. I think that's how you pronounce her name. You know the one from Minnesota? She was in a debate. I think she came in third in Iowa or New Hampshire. He posed that. Now what he says, there's many women for your selection. Oh, he, watch, he's told you that he guaranteed a black woman during the debates in, before the New Hampshire and Iowa caucuses, right? When he went down to South Carolina, he says, oh, they love this white man more than they love Obama. I've got more votes. He told y'all after those comments, he said 99% of the black vote has not been in, 99% of the Hispanic vote has not been in. Wait till we go to South Carolina. And that's what he bragged about it. He, he did it. He got all that. But this, after black people gave him what he wants, now he just turned his back and now it's not not going to guarantee a black woman. He told you that to, guess what, that's called sweet-talking voters. Sweet talking, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. I'm going to back up from politics in a little bit. I've been doing this for a while because I'm starting to become, it, when you start to learn this shit, and this is why people like to watch sports and don't get too entangled. When you start to really learn this shit and how people, people are on fucking, especially when you're a black African American and you get, People are fucking still thinking you're dumb as shit and they look in your face and say, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you like that. Listen, the way he just played us, if I'm a normal person and I don't follow it that deep, I can break that shit down. Why would he question our intelligence like this? Ladies and gentlemen, he just questioned the whole Black people's intelligence. When you go into the Breakfast Club, that's the Black African American community. People say it ain't no Black African American community. When you go in the Breakfast Club, you know I'm talking to Black African American community for the most part. Guys, I, I I don't know what the fuck. I think it's I think it's I think we need to wake up. And I'm sorry when I just heard that man just change up. And said to me, and I'm done after this guy, 
that he's he, 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 basically he has a fruit basket of women he wants to select. Now, after the debate, he said, good, then he got our votes, then he changed that. Woo! That make you get a little misty-eyed of anger and like, damn, yo, he think we're that fucking stupid. So maybe politically mm-hmm. we all fucking zombies. God, I thank you for letting me um, 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 participate in your show. And after our guys, um, I have one more topic I want to bring up. But uh, yeah, right. guys, I, I appreciate right, you. Right, you. I appreciate thank you, you guys. Um, Thanks a lot. Let me, all right. let, me let me take the next caller. Hey, Gary, I know you're getting hold ready on. to get Monica, but can I can I point something out real quick? Yeah, um, hold, let me see Monica's there. You there, Monica? Are you there, Mo? Yeah, good evening. Okay. Hey, what's happening, Monica? Hey, you guys. All right, let me let me point this out real quick. I want y'all to uh, recall that Joe Biden in uh, the Charlemagne interview just said that he's got a black manifesto, right? And he said it over and over again, a black manifesto. So I'm Googling black manifesto from Joe Biden, not finding anything. I finally end up on his site, and it's not a black manifesto. It's called a black agenda. Now, I know that might seem like a small hill of beans to somebody, but to me it's a significant difference because instead of it being a manifesto like he publicly declared on his website, it says Joe Biden's agenda for the black community. And a manifesto, um, a manifesto is a published declaration of intentions, motives, or views, or or the issuers to be individual group, political party, or government. A manifesto usually accepts a previous published opinion and public consensus, or promote new ideas with perspective or notion for carrying out changes to the author's beliefs should be made. And just as uh, Google definition said, it's a public declaration or a policy aims, especially ones before an election or political party of the candidate and an agenda, you know, that's just a list of items to be discussed. So I don't know if that's, he changed it or somebody told him to stop calling it a manifesto or what the little difference there was. But I noticed that he kept saying manifesto when he's talking publicly, but it's not called a manifesto on his website for some reason. So I don't I don't know if that's any significance, but I, it just stood out to me. I just wanted to point that out, Gary. All right, thank you. All right, Monica, what is your take on what you heard or something more broader? And welcome back. Call into my show, uh, Monica. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, silly. <Kay, happy> <laughs> okay, yeah, peace yeah. everybody on the panel. Um, I don't. I don't have a take on what Joe Biden said. What my my issue and concern is that we when anytime I see an interview with a politician, regardless of what size it's on, we never get into the specifics of what's going on. So we know that in our communities, um, economics plays a big a big part, right? And so in order to conquer that, giving somebody a job is one thing, but paying them accordingly is another. So I I I, mm-hmm. I gave an example on one of my um one of my budget class. I gave an example of a driver a driver that works for a private company. Um, let's say I'll use non-American transportation because that's what our contract and I'll just show you the difference of what I'm talking about. So a driver that works um, let's say a small business 
that has contracts under logistics care, which is a broker or a non-emergency broker, um, and that do appointments for um, medical appointments for different um, hospitals and things of that nature, right? They pay, they pay, they, they pay their drivers probably no more than ten dollars an hour because they're using probably minimum the regular minimum wage rate of the seven twenty five. Is this trucking? Huh? What, what paying ten dollars to drive? This we driving. mean this this driving a regular van pick somebody pick someone who ten dollars an hour. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Right. Damn. So, no wait, dear. Let me let me draw the comparison because you gotta follow me. Don't um. Okay. okay, okay. So, okay. So what I'm getting at is that what private companies, the small businesses, are um, allowed to pay employees versus a um a, a company who is doing federal, state, or local contracting and the wage rate they're obligated to pay are two different things. So my comparison is that a private company paying a driver with the same um, work duty that we have will pay their drivers $10 an hour. They think they're doing something. We pay, we have to pay our drivers $21, give or take a little, an hour. Why? Because they're falling under the regular federal regulation with the wage rates, we have to fall under same Department of Labor, we, we have to fall under the Service Act, the um, Service Contract Act, which we can't pay a minimum of 1060, but our driver's rate is always more than that. Um, in some places it's 15, in some places it's 13, but we also have to pay an additional $4.41, give or take a little, um, for health and welfare, that's for those individuals who are not receiving sick leave, right? And then if we're giving them sick leave that over a year, they get 413. So if you add that up, give or take a little bit of amount. I'm not giving you actual amount. I'm just throwing the numbers out there. It's a little mm-hmm. over $20. So you're talking about a company paying someone less than fifteen, sixteen thousand 16000 a year versus another company with the same duties get, getting over 43000 a year. Do you know that if they would, if when these companies come into our community and they're getting government, they're getting tax cuts to be in a low and moderate income area, right, which means they're getting that 30, I think it's like $1,000 a person tax cut, right? Or and they hire tax people, break. If, yeah, tax break, tax cut, whatever you want to call it, right? And they're using our statistics, that, which means that tax break is some form of federal um charity, so to speak, they should be obligated to pay under the same Department of Labor raise rate, right, which means our people would be making more than $10, $15 an hour. They would be breaking a $20 um, an hour mark, which would help them in their household and at some point get you into the game, you know, of uh, increasing. Well, it probably would never change the wealth gap because we like way behind. However, you wouldn't have to work two or three jobs, right? And so sometimes when I hear people talk to politicians, I'm like, okay, when you talk about, okay, our communities are lacking resources, let's be specific and real. These companies are right there in your neighborhood. If you go through and see how much, if you went and analyzed 
how much those companies are making, how much they are net worth, their net, their profitable, their net profit at the end of the year versus what they're paying you. Like, it's overwhelming. And so what I would like, if I was speaking with them, I would want to know, like, hey, what are you going to do about this? Because our people is enough, you know, you, you wanting them to take that little $10 an hour a fifteen dollars hour, not to mention with inflation, markets goes up, rent goes up, utilities goes up, everything goes up around them. These companies get all of their breaks, they're making all this money, and so where's their social responsibility? They're getting government assistance. Make no mistake about it. All and I'll make one more point, Gary, because I want to hog up your time. The other thing I would have made sure I brought up with um candidate Joe Biden is that the CARES Act came out. You guys signed the bill. Companies were not, they didn't, they were not supposed to be obligated to do all of these criteria that the SBA has come up with, that the bank has come up with. Case in point, they're pulling your credit report. They're asking for taxes. They're making, I mean, it's just crazy. So what What happens, right? And, and I know that this probably should not be a point of contention because our businesses should be lined up right. But at the end of the day, the CARES Act said, hey, the bank and the SBA is just a vehicle to get the money to you, right, to your businesses, where if you can't get any money because somebody says, oh, you don't have a business bank account, oh, yes, guess what? You can't go open up no business bank account if it's after February 15th. How do you fix that? How do you change that? Because a lot of people's doors is going to get closed. But you gave money to companies that are publicly trading, that are making millions, that have millions in their pockets, which means they should be tapping into their reserves. It should have came down to the lowest level. But it's not. Mm-hmm. How do you fix that? I want to know that now. I don't want to know that tomorrow. We don't want to know that next week. This is something you can influence right now in our community. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about, oh, shit, that ain't, that ain't helping us. We need money in our people's pocket. Now, these people go back to work. They're exposed to these different areas. Guess what? Not only do they have to get their own protective um, protective equipment to be in these mm-hmm. environments, and you still paying them little nothing. Yeah. And they still got to get – I mean, it could go, I mean, I could go on and on and on. But what gets me is the re, not only the resources, like know what is the solution that will help your people – be able to give them back what's going on. You know, like the University of South Carolina, if you get federal contracts, 30% of that is supposed to go to minority contractors, right? I, I yes. think it's should probably you right. But guess what? If you look up, Monica, can you repeat that sentence? You broke up. Repeat that sentence, please. I didn't hear Oh, you. I'm sorry. The... um. When they okay. these um these construction workers put up building all that at that school will hire on these minority contracts and then it lasts a couple of months. They don't have eligible or and have proper necessary so we have to we to complete project. That's a problem. The lowest level, the the city council, all of them, they know what's going on. We are not fair shake. And most people, people say, oh, we don't, why are you worried about the government? Why are you trust the government? Well, guess what? Two trillion of your tax dollars went into corporations. What did you say about that? They never spoke about any of that 
on that show, guess what? It was null and void because we have the opportunity right, we have the opportunity right now to get startup money. We have the opportunity right now to fix the issues that we had not been used to make it better because that funding that came down, that $350 billion plus some that was added in to come down to small businesses that had less than 500 um, workers, even more, the money that's coming through the states right now, the money that's in the county right now, the money that's in the city mm-hmm. right now, all of that mm-hmm. money could have helped our businesses, anyone who had a business. But guess what? We got hard stops. Mr. Joe Biden, what are you going to do about that? That's what I need well, well, Monica, let's keep it real. Being on these so-called shows that a lot of them are is to push a narrative to get, obviously, the black vote. And these people that these so-called politicians entertain at the end of the day are not going to ask the actual questions, the who, what, when, where, and why. That's why when, when the show got cut off very abruptly, is because, you know, and I don't think Sharma was going to ask a really tough question because you think about once they come out of these, these outlets, Let's keep it 100. They're only there just to push their agenda. No one's asking you, say, okay, what are we going to do for me now? When you get it? How are you going to correct this, that, third, fourth? All you heard, Monica, was, oh, I'm sorry that I scripted this crime bill, but I, I have an agenda that's going to make it better. It sounds like the same broken record. He goes up there, he does the same thing like every other president. But, but besides, you know what? Besides the local, when... besides local but go ahead. Well, look, um, Chaos, when Charlamagne, when they ask about the crime bill and they ask about prison reform and all of that stuff, no, they need to get into the nitty-gritty of that. Because even when those young men, those young women is released, the young men, when they get released, they have to have a place to stay. They have to, you know, you have yep. to have some kind of job plan and all that great stuff, right? But guess what? If you don't, if, if when those people serve their debts to society, right, and they walk out of those prison gates, if you don't wipe their record, Guess what? You might as well say they're back in prison because if they don't start their own, they damn sure not going to get a decent job. And if they do, it's going to be something they have to save and labor over. The young ladies will wouldn't. When they walk out those prison gates, guess what? They don't have to have anywhere to stay. So the most end up in halfway house like that are trying to, trying to find they cannot get jobs. They got to fight for their licenses back. They got to do all of this stuff. You still got to try to get expungement. You still got to try to get pardoned, right? And then the ones who they let go, who still may have had time, they still got to wait three years before they can even probably get um, acclimated into society. I know because we have these programs. We fight this mm. every day. We have people on the ground who doing things like ban the box. What is that? That's when you fill out an application. And it asks you, did you serve um, something more than a time in jail? Or did you have a felony? Things of that nature. So guess what? You can't yeah. get the job. Now, I understand vetted. I got you. I understand background checks. But at the end of the day, guess what? A lot of them can't get a second chance unless they start their own. So when they start a prison reform, I'm like, hold on, push pause. You excited about what? Because sign a bill? Man, if that. I got people on the ground right now that can't get jobs. Mm-hmm. Right, they got a felony. They, they did 20 years. They did 15 years. They took their bid. They can't do any of that. But you walking around with a suit, see what, 58, 56, 55, however many Black Caucus members, the most in walking around in a suit, y'all laughing, y'all getting, y'all having a little love or whatever. What are you doing for that? What? But only thing you can say, oh, they're going to they're gonna just repeat the recidivism. They're just going to go back. No, part of the problem, too. These white oh, yeah. Guess what? 
the folks that we put in there that's supposed to be gatekeepers, supposed to be changing these rules with them? Are you scared? Like, why are you there? No, they're they're there to to please master. You know this, Monica. And I said this story earlier before you were listening in that I know of a brother that told his trials, tribulations, getting his law degree when he was a, a young adult. And he tells you about these Negroes, especially because he, he used to play. I don't know if he went fully to pledge as a fraternity. Because you, when you go to college, you sometimes you go pledge for your fraternity. You hear about this, right? He finds a lot of them, they are trying to compete with their other brothers and sisters, even to the point where if you don't have the complexion, there's a paper bag test. We all hear about it. But it's deeper. It's like everything to please these other group people. That's why you see some of that, let's say they go to a certain school, not like say uh, HBC or some high speed college. They're hoping that, that this credential in certain environments will make them more attractive to their, um, I guess, European counterparts. But he said it personally because he seceded from out these so-called Negroes that look at him and, you know, look down upon him or even more said they're trying to please other race of people that the European doesn't give a crap about where you get your degree from. It's all he look at you like anything, just in days of slavery, a master and slave relationship. How much money can you make me? That's the bottom line. So a lot of these Negroes that's like, you know, those same people that they talk about that's in politics and all stuff, is they, they look at it as that how I can please these people. And these people don't look at them that same, but they say how much you can make money from me. And if you're going to, we'll use it as a weapon to press your own so that can make me rich. It's the same game. Same game. It hasn't changed. And Lam Phil said if they do enough just to please these set of people, that they'll be accepted. They're safe. And that works. But that's not the case. Alam now, if you find now for the last few years since this guy's been in office, that all these Negro bootlickers are getting their Negro wake up call. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's showing every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what's weird is that you had oh man, I can go into the local stuff because I'm I'm a part of it. We, yeah, you know, it might tell a story. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It is yeah. a lot of it, but but what what I don't get when they have these interviews, if if you're bold enough to ask about the prison reform, then be bold enough to ask. But let me back it up because some people don't have that that type of info. But then it's up to them to to get information from the folks who know. So, like, everybody has a forum going on, right? Kudos to Magic Johnson. He has minority. Mm-hmm. He's um, funding minority businesses right now. Kudos mm-hmm. to, I think, T.I. Um, partnered with the um, city of Atlanta. They did a forum for uh, small businesses right now, uh, low minority businesses. But here's the problem, you know, because they got the minority title, right? But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. guess what? You know who everybody falls under that except for the white man. So uh-huh. we still getting booted, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. The women, white women, right? Everybody, a lot of that everybody falls under their title, right? No, we need to be specific, you know? Like, for example, I um I put in our profit in for the SBA deal, mm-hmm. and they pulled my credit report. How many people thought they was going to pull their credit reports? 
when it had to do with this CARES Act. Hell, I didn't know they was going to pull my credit report. It wasn't even my business. I'm just the program director. And they pulled mm-hmm. my credit report. They did a hard wow. inquiry. So how many businesses are there? Not, not saying you shouldn't have it, but this is why it's important to caretake your credit. Because even when they're giving us handouts, they still hold us to the highest standard. They still hold us to the highest standard. And you know why? And so, because really, to be honest with you, um, Marco, the reason why they hold our people more to higher standard because we are actually the the vessel for them to feed off of us. They can't have a certain set of Negroes start coming up and having actual corporation or coming up in a way where it's competing against them. That defeats the purpose because they look at black people as not only liquid money but as the major and only – actually, to be full consumers with no competition. That's Full how, consumers. How, this, this right here would have gave us our come up. I ain't even going to give you no fears. A lot of mm-hmm. people, I, mean, I know people who've gotten the funding and that's, that's doing some good things. And I know some people yep. who didn't get it for, for a lot of mm-hmm. those um, different opportunities. This right here would have been our opportunity to at least kind of get a leg up. You know, a lot of people ask about grants, small business, all this great stuff. But right here, would have been an opportunity to get your feet in the door or to enhance something you already have for real. Exactly. And I'm just watching exactly. the bus come out, and I'm sitting there saying, man, this could really help us, you know, get to where we're going, but we can't get in the door because many that's why I go hard on the stuff that I share because when you out for small stuff, even, even – in state that is and we out. So you know that that stuff he said on the show, man. Less about that, you know. Fun can't tell Trump if they if do not if that door keep pushing that only a few of us they want to and like then you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Monica, can you, can you talk about? I don't know if it's your mic breaking as my. Hold on, let me check. Is oh, that my end? Anybody can. Yeah, I'm, I'm make sure it's on my end because. Microphone. Yeah. All right. Hmm. You know, <laughs> maybe. May <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, damn. You know, I wish we had. We 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 should do. Well, I don't know if there's a show to talk more about this, but you know, I might have to recap. And on my channel, um, our first conversation or, or something more deeper. Yeah, but we got to talk about this on a separate show about certain things. I'm not sure what the topic will be, but we should cover something on this, you know, because, you know, we go on this, we can go hours on this, and I'm all right past a certain time already. So to sit there to re- go go into this now, um, it's going to be 2.01 for the average listener. Stay on line, uh, Monica. Let me see what this is. This is the last caller, and I'm going to call it tonight. All right. I take yes. I open your line. Who's this? Mace. Okay, how you doing, May? I'm just fine. Uh Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. Now he did an interview. He should have mm-hmm. is this this election gonna be about prison, people getting out of prison and drugs or is it gonna be about the things that they discussed that black people don't have? That was a, that was, you, I mean like uh and then you got people uh, gonna jump in and so like source them should be uh laughing their asses. I know they shouldn't. They have no mm-hmm. reason to be laughing their asses off because I don't consider that as being an interview. That was just a conversation between him and Biden because those are not the questions that we as people want to know. 
to who we want to mm-hmm. vote for. And the next interview, if they're not asking the, asking the real questions, that's what I want to see them get down to the real nitty-gritty with Biden. Forget who he is and what he's, that mm-hmm. he's running and ask some questions for real. You'll be just like you was the last time. You mean his political agenda? Ask for nothing, you get nothing. Talk about what you what? want, you don't get nothing. And then they keep saying that they want a black woman to run as VP. So Biden is you going know, down the same road. Biden went on the same road Hillary went down if he don't have the right interview because that was not the right interview. Those that like Charlemagne and want to listen to him, because that was my first time hearing him. I was like, what's so, the question? That's not what I want to hear, and that's not the question that I'm looking for. So may you got one in there calling. You got one already president calling uh, may? Uh, my, my, my call of his people, and he got more folks from the black people than anybody. May. And uh, uh, what do you got to lose? Uh, may. So Biden don't have to have an interview for real to see where he's really coming from? Or don't we just have a group of people being paid just to let him talk? Because he shouldn't have been leading the conversation anyway. The question should have been to him, not Charlemagne, letting him talk. Uh, may. And that's let me what ask you a question. What? Hello, hello, hello? Hey, May, can you hear me? Is my mic working? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I take you, you listened to the whole 18 minutes of that I short sure little did. interview, Emma. All right, so let me ask you an important question, because you're right. There should have been some actual in-depth questions. But do you know, May, this is like the same game they play with Hillary, and they had one with Kamala Harris with the same thing when they had these same discussions on these those so-called black, or I don't know what they're called, black platform. It's a radio station, nonetheless, that when it comes down to it, was one thing you know they always have to put and to get black people enticed. Either said, I carry hot sauce or you're going to have your black car re- removed or even when with Kamala Harris saying she used to listen to Tupac back in the 80s and Snoop Dogg and no say those two cats didn't come out until the end of the age, especially Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg didn't come out until 91. But the, I have you noticed that, have you noticed that they well, yeah, always you know put that nig- nigger, nig- that nigger shit at the end? And I'm going to tell everybody that's listening. Hold on, let me tell you. I looked and listened to the whole thing twice today for y'all because I didn't hear the interview. I decided to play it in front of everybody so I it for the first time. So I'm clear about it and y'all clear about it. I looked back in that whole video. That video had this more dislikes than likes. Same for what Kamal Harris. So it makes me wonder that a lot of people are not following this Negro nigga shit no more from these politicians just to get the black vote. No, it's not just to get the black vote because the black vote doesn't, everybody's not looking for what certain people are looking for. They, all I hear is about prison and, mm-hmm. and and welfare and stuff like that. I want to know how you yeah. can get a business and be on the same footage because they tell you you get paid less. What you going to do that we get paid the same thing that you do to run a business? Uh-huh. Or whatever I need or when I go to the bank, why I can't get the same credit and I got just good, good credit just like you do, but why can't I get the yeah. same credit that you have? Those are the questions. I ain't worried about the other stuff because, you know, it, it, it's not important. Because if you okay. get that straightened out, a whole lot of people will be moving on. They can have a business in their neighborhoods. They can have a business mm-hmm. outside the neighborhood and not get redlining and all of this stuff. Uh, they on the wrong page. So Charlemagne, okay. um, his, his callers should call and tell him that, he should the question that he should have been asked or either talking to the people. You talk at the people, mm. you don't get nothing. That's true. Well, I say, uh, uh, Joe God. Biden is just like Donald Trump. 
Hold on, hold on, all facts. Um, there ain't be no, no lesser, no two evil. And, 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 and then this one interview or whatever this was, don't convince me nothing because I ain't heard no interview yet. When I hear an interview and then I determine uh, if uh, whoever he chooses as his mate, as his running mate. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if he chooses Amy, whatever her name is, he don't have the rare mm-hmm. right to vote for me. I just vote okay. for myself again. Okay. Just like Hillary. Okay. And to the point, right. he should have been telling him, to the point, you same thing happened to Hillary can happen to you. Then his eyes will be open very wide. So these yeah, paid off people that get paid true. to do interviews and stuff, just like Donna Brazil, yeah. look what happened to her. Okay. All right. So well, I'm, I'm not to argue that. They don't speak for us. Okay. okay. And that's not the way I determine the vote. So I'm getting tired of this prison stuff. I don't even want to hear them to have no discussion about that because that ain't going to get nobody's no business. And that ain't going to do, when you go to a bank to do business, that ain't going to get you nothing either. Okay. So All right. Well, you want to go, you want, you want. To to survive. That ain't going to help you survive. And you, well, you're right. People, get, he pardoned the people that's crooked and getting them out of jail. So what are you, what, I mean, I mean, like, uh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of skill set? The prison got skill set. You know, did some of them get educated? One became a lawyer while he was in prison. I think I'm um, you. Tell um, who, who, who the one who that committed suicide at? supposedly in New York. But he's not the one. A whole lot of them became lawyers and did different things in prison because they knew well, how to read. Well, I heard. I, I I heard most people in prison were able to get degrees, but they kind of cut back on that they now. Cut like, they cut it probably. out. And and you know, there, there's reason why you know, and the reason why they did man, and I had to end this because we've been long enough. The reason why they cut it out because now these people know the reality is once they out that cell doors, that they're not going to get hired. So they got some actual skill that they could feed and support themselves. So what's the best thing to keep the revolving door? You had to cut out that major resource is self-educating and give them the tantrum. Yeah. My last comment is everybody can sue it except us. So if y'all ain't treating us right, why can't we file a lawsuit? and make y'all pay us for mistreating us and see what bike I mean, has to say about that. So you have a good night. All right. And that's my you, opinion. May. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, May. Um, I'm going to end it here. Uh, but in conclusion, for everybody that's going to listen to this, there are three stages of full control. I want people to know this and learn as well. I came up with this, and everybody has their different perspective, but like I said, the protocols of control are one of few things. Physical, pain, attack, kill. Um, verbal, usually um, from words, you know, inciting, you know, giving fear, telling people what's going to happen if they don't do this and that, you know, or, you know, psychologically getting them all feared up of another form of control. And the third is sexual, you know, rape, abuse, you know. Um, I came up with these and ladies out because how the world functions now, this is how they operate to control not only millions but billions of people to get them to act and move on their courts. And one thing if people have not known or learned this that control is a necessity to rule over the ignorant. So you always gotta ask the question as a person. How much are you in control, really? Is your mind control? Are you action control? You should always ask these questions when you're in front of to other people or what people are saying or wanting to do for you and 
your collective or in your communities and your collective. And that's all. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this stream. Um, I appreciate all the calls that call in tonight. Um, be on the lookout for the next um, stream. But other than that, thank you for listening. Until next time, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to another stream. And like always, comment, subscribe, and like this video. You can also follow me on Twitter at ChaosRain7. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, let the chaos rain!